Welcome to episode 158 of the Collector's Quest podcast. On this episode, our goal was to find the most expensive, most common game. Because sometimes you see a game that sells for like $200 and you're like, that is bananas. There are 10 million of those out there, but there's so much demand that that's selling for $200. Which is what I always thought about like Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Ultimately though, this is two hours of us going through... NES through N64, Game Boy through GBA, all the prices of all the most popular games. So even if you don't care about the most expensive, most common games, it could just be a refresher and a discussion on current prices of all the most popular Nintendo games. So tell your mom about the show. Give us five stars on iTunes. Go to patreon.com slash collectors quest if you'd like to donate to the show, which is something that we just launched. And let's go. <laughs> to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Just Johnny. What's going on, guy? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing it's, just uh, fine, Johnny. It's nice to have lights and power again. This is nice. I was told Stefan Stefan not doesn't so have lights and power again. Uh, no, not every area is fixed yet. Hopefully his will be coming back on. It's such a bullshit reason, too. Um, in our area... Because uh, our power company was responsible for this huge fire that like burned a bunch of homes and lots of acreage in Southern California it was a huge fire and you know it was billions of dollars in damages. So now what they do to fix the problem rather than fixing the equipment and making sure that kind of thing haven't can't happen again, they just turn off everyone's power when it gets really windy and they think that a fire could happen. That seems crazy to me. Because we live in the future of 2021. Street Fighter 2020 has come and gone, and yeah. uh, the power grid can't stand wind. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, lines could fall down in, like, Southern California is a mess. Just, like, not enough rain, dry land, any spark, and the wind, like, the wind can make this happen with the power lines, and we don't know what to do. You're like, well, I don't know. Uh, maybe, like you keep raising our rates, maybe invest into the infrastructure and can fix that. I don't know. Or no, maybe turn off everyone's power for like two and three days at a time. And like all of my food expires and I got to go throw it in the trash and then buy a couple hundred dollars worth of groceries again. Love that kind of stuff. It's the best. It's great to have to go out more during a, a giant pandemic in America too. So yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. Like, it's, I'm, like, trying to do my, my order on, like, drive up for stores and stuff. And they're like, ooh, no, we're out of everything because everybody else was doing the same thing. And you're like, okay, so I guess uh, we have to use all this food that's expiring. Except my oven is, like, great and also stupid at the same time. So it has, like, an electric ignition. And then it regulates. So it turns on and off while it's cooking. So I can't actually turn on my oven. I can only use the burners, which also has an electric start. So I got to, like... Have a lighter and like, uh, you know, like, like a nineteen seventy, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that means any of my food stuffs that I would think to like cook in the oven that's going to expire, I can't even do that. I can only do stovetop, and then it's getting dark early, and then I'm you know a toddler, so it's like trying to cook by candlelight and stuff. It, it was really dumb. It's it's dumb, and 
SoCal Edison is dumb, and Stefan hates them more than I do because he always gets it worse. I don't remember. So that's where Stefan is. I don't remember if Stefan posted it publicly on his YouTube account or what, but he had me edit a video for him. Uh, it was just him sitting at a traffic light that was off because the power's off. Like, even the traffic lights are off when the power's off. He sits there for like two minutes and a car crash happens like right there because everyone was blowing the light. And he's yep. like, fuck you, Edison. It's a pretty good video. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for instance, if I have to go, like, I live in an area, like, when once you get out of the, my little, like, the little street part, like, s- the suburban part and get into, like, the city proper where, you know, uh, b- businesses are and stuff, there's, like, a million lights. And so they're all four-way stops. So for me to go, like, two miles, it took me 20 minutes because nobody knows how to use a four-way stop. And then it's like, I had to be out at like 4.30 in the afternoon. Like, so everyone's like, the get home traffic has started. It, it was, it was ridiculous. Four-way stops, all the lights out. People don't know what the f*** to do. So, yeah, it's amazing. We need to teach people how to drive in this country. Everyone's a bad driver except for me, Johnny. No, everyone is kind of a bad driver and no one knows what to do at a four-way stop. I guess that's also I'm, true. I'm not like excising myself from that group i'm saying everyone including me probably bad drivers but i do know what to do at a four-way stop <sighs> anyways uh that's what's going on no one gives a shit about that uh, sure you know they're Just like cut hey, all that out johnny you're like why did why weren't you at work today wind <laughs> it's, other places are like we're snowed in but uh we're doing fine we're working everything's going as planned uh why weren't you at work today wind that's it we can't take the wind here in southern california Johnny, we've got, um, speaking of Southern California, do you know who lives in Southern California? Red the Game Shark, friend of the show. Oh, Cheap Cheap Games, man. We have not advertised him very much lately. He's very annoyed with us. (laughs) Yeah. One of, uh, I think, three people who, like, immediately, uh, once we put up the Famicom show, messaged us with corrections and additional information, which we are going to talk about right now. Woo, do it. Uh, two of the games we brought up were Abidox and Shatterhand, or whatever the Japanese version of Shatterhand is, I didn't write it down, but a connection we didn't make is that those are both Natsume games, ah. uh, and Natsume games before Harvest Moon, which everyone loves Harvest Moon, I am told, and I won't name names, but Daddy Mulks told this to me, so if this is wrong, you can blame him. They're kind of like an underappreciated hidden gem-ish company before Harvest Moon. Kind of like how we would view treasure games. So all of the old Natsume games are kind of expensive. And indeed, I went and looked up other Famicom Natsume games. The Three-Eyed One, uh, Chaos World Kage, which is Shadow of the Ninja. Idol Hakenden, which is just some text adventure with like some girly graphics it looks like. Uh, final mission, which is scat, and all of them are like a hundred to three hundred dollars. So huh. we totally failed to make that connection. You know, it's weird because we talked about a bunch of those games individually and said like, and then cut them off because remember we were going to talk about a few of those and then didn't like they didn't make the final list. That's funny. We didn't even had more information and we didn't get it right. Yeah, go us. Well, I thought that was interesting. And then the other correction, or I guess the other thing he told me was that. Uh, release dates specifically in Japan for older stuff are documented much better than in America. 
uh, at least going back to Famicom and MSX. Uh, really? So he he showed me a book called Game Nineteen uh, Game Nineteen XX, uh, but there will be other sources with this information. And that's got MSRPs and release dates for just a whole bunch of just like all the old Famicom stuff, like specific days. Another fun fact on Japanese CDs, if you flip them over to the back, they have the specific release date printed on the back. Or if they're not on the back, it's on the spine card sometimes. And I looked at a few and that blew my mind. I'm sure like that date was probably not always like the date. Maybe it was like kind of a release window and that was like the target date. But that's still a pretty cool thing, I think. That is cool. Yeah, and the United States did have, like, release windows for when things were coming out. But now we have, like, hard and fast the day, you know? This is sure. the day. There's no windows. Unless unless you're a console manufacturer trying to tell you what, uh, what games are coming out when a system launches. Then they'll talk to you about a launch window, not a launch date. They'll be like, this launch window of two years, so they can say, look how many launch titles we have. Look how good they are. Come buy our system. I mean, bags. It, <laughs> yes, but also at the same time for like printed dates on a physical object, most people don't care if it came out on July 1st or the first week of July. It's just no. some guy who's printing a date on a CD. Yes, uh, of course. But immediately that, of course, makes me think of stamps because a controversial practice in so stamps the other thing is that when you <laughs> uh, that red brought up. I'm going to save you guys all from any more uh, stamp talk, uh, unless you really got to get it out of you. No, you could cut me off. That'll that'll be great. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, so we also said, please add us about Popeye, because we don't understand what's going on. Um, and uh, so what Red told us is that the magazine we referenced, it started in the 70s, and uh, I'll just read his text. It started in the 70s as a snapshot of Los Angeles during that time for young men, targeted Japanese youth and showing them what was hip as far as fashion and youth interest were back then. It used Popeye in a few of the covers. Uh, the reason the guy named the magazine Popeye, because his son was a big fan. In 1930s, Popeye was insanely popular, way more popular than Mickey Mouse. It was like when Mario was the most popular and recognized character years later. Coincidence that Mario was originally supposed to be the Popeye, or supposed to be Popeye, question mark. So that's him speculating. Uh, but as with a lot of things that got popular in Asia, World War II had a lot to do with it. Sorry, got to go to the next screenshot here. With the U.S. occupation of Japan following World War II and subsequent stations during the Korean War, the Army brought over entertainment for troops, and that was in part of the form of cartoons. Popeye was still insanely popular because the soldiers there grew up fascinated by Popeye as children, and the cartoons were comforting. The cartoons were popular in Japan as well. It's like how spam is a luxury item in Asia, even though here no one likes it. Following World War II, American imports were the rage, and Popeye was seen as the American's American, like a weird interpretation of American is apple pie almost. Snoopy is another popular old American comic cartoon that also has insane popularity in Japan. Uh, Snoop, uh, I don't even think in peanut. I don't even think it's called peanuts in Japan. I think it's literally called Snoopy. He says Snoopy started showing up on merch all over Japan in the seventies when it was hip to be into American stuff, and people loved his his design. That goes back to Popeye the magazine that was popular because it showed people what city boys 
in Los Angeles were doing and wearing as part of the association of Popeye and Cool were established in part from the magazine, even though it wasn't about Popeye. I think Korea had something similar happen too. I remember seeing Korean live action Popeye movies as a kid, even though the guy playing Popeye wasn't anything like Popeye or American. He says it was weird, and he still has some of the VHSs of the Korean Popeye from the 90s. Anyways, thank you, Red, very much for the Popeye information. So, uh, you know, just cultural iconography that, you know, landed in Japan as a way of, uh, you know, Americanism. So that got popular. Another thing we got shown, if you didn't see, I just want to throw out real quick, check out Braveheart, the real Braveheart on Instagram. He went ahead and posted the Game Gear uh, Popeye Volleyball, if you haven't seen, which is pretty rare, uh, kind of expensive, around $300 if you are interested in your own complete copy. So you can check that out as well. That's what we got. Popeye, thanks, Red, for all of the uh, additional information and corrections and insight. We'll say insight, information, and corrections. Yeah, that, that sounds good. Uh, on topic follow-up, there is an exclusive Snoopy Famicom game that we did not get in America but on the other hand, Snoopy Silly Sports Spectacular was released in Japan as Donald Duck. I thought really? they like Snoopy, right? What's going on there? I don't know. Um, we don't cool. know enough about other countries and what they do because we are Americans. Um, second fact, Snoopy Silly Sports Spectacular would be on my list for most obscure NES game that just absolutely no one ever talks about. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's fair. Is that like, I think I hear more about like Spot than I do Snoopy. Sure. Because like Spot, you'll always see if there's like a, a a lot of a bunch of junk games, you'll usually just see Spot in there. And that reminds you that that exists. But Snoopy Silly Sports Spectacular. I don't know if it's just because it's really long or it's kind of uncommon or what. Not something you think about. When I tried to think of the most obscure NES game. I like did it as a mental exercise and I came up with Galactic Crusader. I might have said that on the show. Game absolutely no one talks about and almost no one has beat because it's pretty freaking hard. Yeah, that would be pretty obscure. There was a on the like unlicensed beat every unlicensed Nintendo Age thread back in the day. I think Galactic Crusader was one of the ones that like one person beat or absolutely no one beat. So pretty obscure game. I don't know why we're talking about About Galactic Crusader. How do we get here? I don't know. We're Popeye to Snoopy to, to Donald Duck. All right. Yeah, there, there's a thread there. Follow it if you can, everybody. Johnny, uh, now yeah. that we are 15 minutes into the episode, I want to start with the thing we start the episode with before we get into the real topic. Oh, post-show banter? Uh, Bullshit. It's on topic, almost. It's the impetus for this show... Okay. No, I don't want to get there yet. Johnny, there were some stupid heritage auction sales. I, we don't always talk about this. Um, I do want to talk about a little because it is on topic. Uh, okay. And I do want to preface this by saying nothing that sells on heritage auctions makes any sense. And no, nothing not there any. should be taken seriously at all. Uh, not nope. a thing most of our viewers or listeners will need to be primed on, I think. Uh, just for example, last month, less than a month ago uh atari space invaders the same stupid late print variant i always complain about sold for 660 dollars and then a week ago a case of six sealed copies sold for 330 dollars so I, what is that an eight times 
decrease in price in less than a month makes total sense. Everything on Heritage Auctions makes total sense. The GTA Trilogy games are still selling. They're selling for over like $500 now. Why? Why? Because Heritage Auctions is the place where people have more money than brains and like they have all the money and none of the knowledge. It's like the gap seems like it's widening as time goes on. It's crazy. So... All the same junk happening. Like Mario games, all that Zelda selling for like tens of thousands of dollars. You know what's going on. A Donkey Kong sold for $70,000. Remember that actually. Donkey Kong sold for $70,000. I'm going to bring that up again during our actual topic. Some more interesting stuff. There was a Player's Choice Pokemon GBA game that sold for $2,000. Freaking Player's Choice. Uh, Harry Potter on PS1, $3,000. Harry Potter sold for more than Hurricanes on Super Nintendo. And if you don't know, Hurricanes on Super Nintendo, pretty hard to find game at yeah, all. Like, Harry, Harry Potter, you know, I, I, I'm, in, uh, I'm in touch with the Harry Potter scene. Because uh, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll get like a sealed PS1. And I've been looking at them and they were going for like 100 to 200 and then like $300 on eBay. And then that one sold and I was just like, okay, world, never mind. Well, you you forgot to weigh one fact in that it's the people who don't know anything about video games have still heard of Harry Potter, Johnny. I I didn't forget that. I just <laughs> didn't think that we would go from like $200, $100 to thousands. Yeah. X-Men vs. Street Fighter sold for $5,000. I don't know what that's about, but I'm assuming just because it says X-Men, but maybe that's like the super hot PS1 game. Weird. Uh, Tyler. I also want to, you said more money than brains. Mm. And I, I want to just encourage people and yourself included to say more money than cents, uh, because it sounds like cents. It's kind of like a portmanteau. Yeah. So you get some wordplay in there um, and you get the same thing going. Same. You get the same impact with a, a little wordplay. I like it. I like it no, too, John. Not, All right, I'm, I'm not okay. going to say okay. it again this episode. I don't want to make it sound like people are dumb. Even when they're dumb, I don't want to say that they don't have brains, but they clearly don't have knowledge of the market they're buying things in. Uh, or well, it's here, just let, like let blatant, me... dumb manipulation that people are spending thousands of dollars to do to try to trick the people they think don't have brains. It is it's all just very confusing. Let me let me devil's advocate for a second. Okay. Okay. Um if you are in this market and you've seen the other the way other markets move, right? And you've heard and you've talked to people and you're in this little insular bubble and you're hearing from them and you know, you're acting the way that group acts because you think the market forces are pushing or pulling this way and that will be that. And you have money, you can afford to speculate. You can say it cost this now, but in a year or six months, maybe it's cheap on eBay. But once this sale happens, all those are going to like all those other prices are now going to go away because this is the new establishing dominant price and will ca- that friction will cause all those other prices to be erased and eventually we'll get to where I am and I have enough money to sit and wait and I will make a profit in 6 months to a year by paying this look i don't think it's a smart buy out of the gate but i i can see especially if they're not like really using eBay as the thing, you know, which their, their buying apparatus, if they're only into like heritage auctions and graded copies and sealed copies that are certified, then, you know, that's their marketplace. And that's a lot different than our marketplace. 
Sure. And, and I don't want to just... I, and that's, that's not... Look, and I'm not... I, I want everyone to just I know... know I'm devil's advocating there. I don't agree <laughs> with this. I'm not saying you should do this. I'm not saying that's correct. I'm just trying to see that side, even though I think just like know more about games and be ahead of that curve, not not bleeding into the for into the future of pricing. That's not where I want to be. So I'm I'm not complaining about the absolute prices more than the relative prices. Like if you think a game is so hard to find that it's worth $5,000 more than it was worth yesterday for some reason. That's fine. Um, it's just... So, uh, another one, uh, kind of one that got the most press, if there is press for this thing. A God of War sold for $10,000. It was the second print. Uh, so, I don't remember. God of War released in 2005, which was right at the end of Sony's security strips. So God of War probably printed throughout the late 2000s. Like, that would be a game that people want to buy as long as PS2 exists. There are very many late print God of Wars that are sealed. Uh, so it makes no sense to spend $10,000 for a game that, like, Rare Bucky was selling bundled with God of War 2, if I remember, for, like, 100 maybe $200. Remember we talked about this. Remember when we did the uh, the draft show? We talked about God of War. Like, should we be buying God of War? Oh, I'm, and I guess the answer. Uh, well, the I answer I mean, yes. I didn't buy it because I don't like God of War. It's a stupid game. Because but that's it's the that, kids as a collector. Shut up. That's as collectors. That doesn't. It doesn't matter if we like games. It doesn't matter if it's a good game. I like uh, my personal preference on a game doesn't matter. And we are, and we also made the point during that draft show that some of the best games and the games we like the most aren't expensive at all in new systems because they are plentiful and they sold well. So that's another thing that, good. that's going to come up on this show, Johnny. Oh, is um, it? but also just going back to the God of War thing, I can enjoy a game in my collection that I haven't played like Space Adventure on Sega CD. I will probably never play that. Still think it's a cool collectible. God of War... Like, even, like, if I bought, like, a $60 sealed copy two years ago, like, it wouldn't make me happy because I've played it, and I know I think it's kind of meh. Uh, so, I just wouldn't like it as much. If I never played God of War, I'd be like, wow, that's a super popular game. I'd love to have that in my collection. <laughs> wow. Your biases are strange. It's, I am. That's just the way I am, Johnny. Um, two more. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Actually... The, the real security strip version, uh, oh, maybe not, a first print. I'm not sure if there's more print runs. I mean, GTA San Andreas is such a popular game. Sold for $10,000. Price doesn't really make any sense, but at least it's the correct version. Uh, and then yeah. a Gran Turismo 1 also sold for $10,000. Um, you might know it as the uh, best-selling PlayStation 1 game. Uh, all kind of you know, crazy. I, I just want to just throw this out there. I hate Gran Turismo games. I just hate them. Ooh. I just find them so tedious and they are. not entertaining. It's just like it's like it's a car RPG, and I'm not into that. And it's the worst kind of repetitive grinding. Not not into it. It is it it is super weird for me to boot up Forza Horizon and you start out with like awesome cars and you get more awesome cars right away when I remember grinding in GT2 with like a stupid Fiat and then I'd upgrade to like a Honda Civic and it was just like garbage cars for hours and hours. I loved it, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh I was in the Air Force and we had like a common like living room area. 
uh, of our of our barracks, right? So I went in there and I'm sitting in there, and these guys were playing uh, Gran Turismo on the PlayStation One. They're like, "Man, come here, Ayuchi, check this out." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll I'll go check this out." They're like, "Man, this game is amazing." And I remember sitting there for about 25 minutes, going, "Ah, oh, I think I hate this." And then I I got a copy for myself. I'm like, hey, no, everyone loves it. They say it's great. Like, I must be wrong. And then playing it for a little while, I'm like, nope, I hate this. I hate this game. I don't enjoy anything about this. You like Mario so, Kart, yeah. though. I do Maybe, like Mario Kart. How many kinds of racing games are there? See, I like, I like really arcadey racers, and I like sim racers, but I don't like kart racers. Maybe there's like some kind of triangle going on where yeah. you can figure out your tastes. I, you know, I don't like too many race games. Like I liked Rad Racer and I really liked RC Pro-Am as a kid. So I like, that was cool. And I liked Off-Road. Those were like, okay. And then I didn't like any of the serious race games. Like if it was too serious, wasn't into it. When I was very young, I liked Pole Position in the arcade. Uh, But after that, I kind of. Contender for the best arcade game, uh, best early arcade game. But I'm sorry, it's OutRun. Yeah, uh, game over. Yeah, um, yeah. Aside from that, I, I don't, I can't think of like too many racers after that that I enjoyed because Super Nintendo was just like, okay, I'm playing Mario Kart. I didn't really play any other race games, and then PlayStation One, I tried stupid Gran Turismo and hated it, and then after that, it was just like, okay, I'll play Mario Kart. That's fine, thanks. All right, Johnny, I want to get back to my point before we get even more off topic. I'm not just okay. listing a bunch of crazy pie in the sky numbers from Heritage Auctions. Uh, I didn't uh, write it down, but Persona 2, after all this nonsense, Persona That's 2, which I totally recognize is not a super rare game sealed, uh, but it is one of the 10 most expensive PS1 games within reason. I know there's crazy rare, weird variants and stuff on PS1. If you look yeah, at a list of the standard top 10 black most label expen- games, what? Yeah. If you're talking standard sure. black label, it's like right at the bottom cases. of the top 10. Well, I don't, is it like $150? Is it $250? It's something like that. It's expensive. It's an expensive game. Uh, in all this craziness, persona two sold for $1,500. And it reminds me, and then I look at like Hurricanes, it's like Hurricanes sold for less than a Harry Potter game. Hurricanes is selling on par with a player's choice GBA Pokemon game. This is pretty strange. Uh, And the strangeness is that in this section of the market, the most common games in the most exceptional condition, which I'm just going to say basically anything sealed. I don't care about the grade, just sealed games that are the most common are the most expensive sometimes to like in in crazy degrees, like with super Mario three. And I don't know any other hobby where that's the case. Uh, And maybe there is, and I'm just not familiar, but like stamps, let's go back to stamps, Johnny. Oh boy. There's two main ways to collect stamps. I would say you can collect canceled stamps or you can collect like brand new stamps that have, uh, that are mint basically. And you wouldn't have a stamp that is forgetting the third way to collect stamps which is to not at all. Well, you can collect covers as well, which are entire I mean, like pieces just of just ignore postage. stamps and that's the <laughs> best way to collect them. Go on. Uh but you would never have like a really cheap stamp that has been used but unused that's like or that's like the most expensive stamp there is or like a a toy to give something more 
<laughs> comparable to video games, you wouldn't have a loose action figure that's like the cheapest one of all the action figures, but it's the most expensive one when it's carded. It is a strange dichotomy, and I don't know if it's just because this market is so small and it's still like figuring out what's going on. Or are we, is there going to be a flippening? Like, all the logic, if this is going to be, like, comic books, where it's, like, key issues and the popular characters and everything else is junk, is that the Hurricanes and the Persona 2s, kind of, because that's the game that people like, and, like, the stadium events of the world are going to probably not go down, but stay where they are compared to everything else which would come up. Um, but I don't know, because right now... It's kind of weird that the two different markets are almost entirely opposite. Right? Uh, Is it weird? I mean, it's kind of weird. Right? I I don't know, Tyler. It, the world is a wacky place now. I recognize that sealed games are rare. Uh, they're rare, period. And relative to how, how the market is growing, there's not enough to meet demand. Still weird to me that... Uh, I don't know what a Donkey Kong... Like, Donkey Kong's even a bad example, because, like, black box games have such heat on them. Uh, Player's Choice, Pokemon GB... I don't... Everything is going up, Johnny! I don't even know! Not everything. <laughs> not not Super Nintendo. Uh, screw Super Nintendo. Is Super Nintendo really not going up? I don't e Did I, I even mean, say it, it a single kind of Super Nintendo game? Like, who cares about Super Nintendo these days? No, Johnny? Super Nintendo... Well, it does Like, I, a lot of people leap to PlayStation 1. Like, they go Nintendo, and then they go PlayStation 1, because I think that's, uh, you know, I've always said is, like, the dividing line, right? Like, Super Nintendo and, like, NES, they're, like, kind of in the same world, and Game Boy. Like, yeah, it's all kind of homogenized. Game Boy, Game Boy Color. Like, all kind of lives there. Then, like... 3D graphics happen, and it's like PlayStation 1 and N64 kind of start competing in that space as far as console gaming is concerned. Um, so, you know, I, I think Super Nintendo gets skipped over. I don't know when people are going to come back to Super Nintendo. But, like, every time there's a, an insane heritage auction sale, it could be Atari, it can be Nintendo, it can be PlayStation, it can be PlayStation 2, but it is never Super Nintendo. I, I don't... I don't know if they have as many sealed Super Nintendo games. Like, I, I've been, like, casually following. I used to be, like, following every auction alive as it happens. But, uh, like, all the big stuff is NES anyway. So, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all they're all about first appearances and the super rare stuff. And, like, Super Nintendo just not as rare as early NES stuff. And it's a lot of improved NES games, not a lot of firsts. Well, I mean, they're... Like Mario RPG should be oh, going uh, for more. Oh, a Super Mario World sold for fifty thousand dollars. Like that stuff doesn't even phase me anymore. I like just remembered that it's like, oh yeah, fifty thousand dollars. It had like a B seal, which if you don't know, I'm sure a lot of our viewers, our listeners, are not familiar with water grades. A B seal is like really shitty, um, and it sold for fifty thousand dollars. Did it? I see. I didn't hear that. That's still like. You didn't Very hear expensive. about that because what other tens of thousands of dollar nonsense is going on, Johnny? That, that's true. I don't but even know how many when... Super Mario 3s sold. Yeah. I... Who knows? Anyway, uh, I thought this would be related to our episode, mostly because of the crazy stuff like God of War and GTA San Andreas, games that not only aren't rare, period, some of the most common games on planet Earth, but sealed, not rare, still selling for enormous amounts of money the this was put onto our ideas doc a really long time ago 
And the yes, thing, a very long time like ago. before 2019, before any madness started, uh, the thing I was thinking about specifically was uh, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, which I don't have the numbers in front of me because we didn't look at TS games. I'm guessing they sold 20, 30 million copies, some absolutely astronomical number. But Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver have always been like solidly hundred dollar plus games, uh, which supply well, and demand the... wise it is crazy that the demand is able to exceed the supply that much like even for loose carts of that game they come with the pokey walker though too that like really affects the price i mean sure like there'll be it's a big box game there are things missing from it but like the loose carts have always been super expensive too just yeah, because you want to get crazy expensive go get the walmart variants no one, people don't it doesn't matter it doesn't need to be that so I don't I know, want to get I, into I'm rarity. Kidding. I want to get into I, this game. There's a freaking billion of them, but it's still, there's so much demand that it's still a hundred dollar game. Yeah. Always. It just has been forever. And we're, you know, you'll start to see it. The, there's some of the newer copies too, that had uh, like the double packs where there was like store specific copies. I, I'm, I worry about how all that stuff is going to go. It's just going to get ugly. It's all the same game. Just like, this one came with some Pokeballs extra if you bought it at Target. Great. Yep. Cool. Good Thank luck, you. guys. <laughs> yeah. That's... It's a wacky world out there. Enjoy. Before we go on, I do need to mention one. This is an actual correction. Also from Red the Game Shark. So I was talking last uh, last episode. I almost said last week. Last episode about Kyle Katarn uh, and Shadows of the Empire. And I realized Kyle Katarn is... Uh, from the Jedi Knight series, but I misspoke and Red let me know. He let me have it. He said, my Star Wars card is revoked. It's Dash Rendar. And it's funny because uh, he was rendered so poorly in that game. Ah, uh, uh, jokes. Uh, but yeah, uh, th- those are both uh, Star Wars characters uh, from video games and a couple of books. So yeah, go, uh, go play all those games. They are fun Star Wars games. And go play Jedi Fallen Order. I think that... Outside of uh, the RPGs, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, first one. I, I think Jedi Fallen Order is my favorite one now. Have you played Dark Forces? Don't. I don't think Dark Forces will change your mind. Dark Forces. Yes, I've played Dark Forces. I forget the name. I think it wasn't Star Wars Galaxy. There was this game, and it was uh, it's like a sim a little bit. Like, you could take over planets. I forget the name of it. Um, I was not very computer savvy at the time when I was younger and, uh, you just like took over, you could be the empire and you could like, it was imagine like Warcraft two, but star Wars. It sounds like empire at war, but that game came out way later than when you were a kid. So I don't know. Well, I mean, they're not, I probably wasn't a kid. I was probably like 18 or 19. So, um, I mean, that's still a kid to me, but yeah, around then. So you gotta remember, I'm old. So that was probably maybe, maybe it is that I'll have to look. But uh, yeah, I just remember like, you know, you could be the Empire and build the Death Star and destroy the Rebellion with the Death Star. It was awesome. Look it up Anyways. for the next Star Wars episode, Johnny, because I have nothing to relate to you with a game you can't even name. I it was like a PC game that I didn't I didn't own the game. I was just playing it at a friend's house. He let me sit down and like muddle through it and I was bad, but I did get to blow up stuff with a Death Star and I 
remember enjoying that. I just was like, you know, I wasn't a computer gaming guy. Still, I was going to say it was definitely Star Wars Empire at War, Johnny. Even though I know okay. nothing about that game, but it's an RTS. It came out in two thousand six. Okay. All right. Yeah, we did it. Could, let's see, two thousand six. Two thousand six. Well, he said Warcraft two, which is like that makes it sound older. Yeah. I'm just going to cut all this. So let's get to the bottom of this, Johnny. Okay. (laughs) So you, you want to research this now or what? Just go into the episode. Let's just, let's go into the goddamn episode. I'm tired. I've been, I've been, okay, let's go. All right. What? Don't, 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 what's the episode, Johnny? (laughs) You tell me what the episode is. Your episode. All right. We are going to, what do we do? So, Inspired by my my thoughts on, I wonder what the most common, most expensive game is, kind of objectively, uh, we looked at, uh, for this, just NES through Game Boy Advance, and we're looking at the top-selling Nintendo games, and which ones among them are the most expensive, and uh, it turns out a lot of them, so kind of... Flipping this episode on its head, I think the most interesting things to talk about will be which Nintendo games are kind of getting snubbed compared to the Mario, Zelda, Metroids of the world. Um, Okay. And then I guess also more broadly, uh, I've had pretty much all of these games for 20 years, Johnny. Um, I've not looked at these prices. I've not kept up in prices a lot, especially in the past couple of years. And... uh, it's kind of a price refresher for me to go through uh, absolutely everything for all the best-selling Nintendo games, especially Nintendo 64. Like, I've looked at the game value now or, like, the overall price charts, and it's just, like, a line that's going straight up for the past couple years. Uh, but, yeah, N64 prices are out of control. I don't know how anyone out there is doing it. Godspeed to everyone. Uh, is it really gotten that crazy? What you just like? Let's just, just go into the everything. I'll, is, I'll learn with you. It's like a hundred dollars for anything Nintendo, which is oh, it's N sixty four. It's a garbage system for garbage people, Johnny. You yes, know this. It, I do know this. Also, it's like probably my most popular quote. All right, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to N sixty four. But let's all just right. go over some of the the most popular NES games um I don't think there's any real surprises here Johnny do you want to run no, through No no surprise some? me There's there's <laughs> so the best selling NES games and I'm cutting a few out here cuz just there's a bunch of boring stuff in NES like like Kung Fu is a best selling NES game and volleyball is sold over 1.5 million copies I think Also these are worldwide sales These are worldwide prices So like that volleyball is probably including like Famicom disk system prices or something Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, 3, tens of millions of copies, yet they still sell for $75 to $200. That's a very recent thing. Everybody knows what's going on there. There's nothing interesting I can say about that. No. So we know Super Mario is overpriced and very common. and uh, Not overpriced. You know. Incredibly important. The only one that over is overpriced is Super Mario 2 because no one actually likes it. Send I your like- hate mail to Johnny underscore Ayuchi. <laughs> yeah. Send, send me your ads that why, why, you, why you hate Mario 2. And don't be like, because it's Doki Doki Panic. Who cares? 
The Legend of Zelda uh, sold $6.5 million. Uh, it's $150 plus. All depends on variant and condition for that game. But again, nothing super surprising there. A lot of these games that have spiked up, like, hovered around MSRP. I wanted to focus on games that were more than MSRP. So, like, The Legend of Zelda was a $60 game for a long time. But in the past couple of years, that has obviously spiked way up. Same thing with Zelda 2, $4.3 million, uh, $88. Metroid so the, three million hundred dollars. I just want to interject on MSRP. So MSRP was a little. Not every store followed MSRP. Like a lot of stores charged more than MSRP. Obviously, sales happened and went less. But I remember Zelda two when it first came out being like ninety and ninety five dollars some places. Just I know like some people got it for like fifty and sixty dollars, like you could for most. Uh, but around Christmas seasons, even some of the big box stores had that thing jacked way up. Cause I remember I really wanted it. And, uh, one of the reasons I was cited as not getting it is because it was, you know, very, we walked in, it was very expensive. You're right. Or, uh, and was. that's just like, a, that happened like more during Ness time than it didn't like going forward. So, but still MSRP was still supposed to be like 50, $60 on that thing. Yeah, I just want to let, let people know if, if if any of them old timers are like, I paid eighty five dollars for that. You know, I I'm with you, but that's MSRP was still lower than like it, people could sell for more than MSRP back then, and sometimes did. Yeah, and uh, supply and demand. I basically just used sixty dollars as a baseline to for yeah. what was going. Like after inflation, like all this stuff is worth less than MSRP still. Right. Metroid, $100, probably more for a really nice one. Sold 3 million copies. All right, no one's surprised that Mario, Zelda, and Metroid are expensive-ish games. I am. Um, I mean, no, you're not. I'm not. not. I'm since not. 2012, since 2019, no, you're not. Um, since 20, 2012, 2019, 2020, uh, late 2020, who knows? So many crazy spikes in, in games lately. Uh, I just said all the black box games, uh, Mario Brothers was one that was particularly, that sold uh, particularly well, uh, but I just didn't look all them up because they're all kind of expensive. Yeah, you didn't look up Donkey Kong Jr. Math. Uh, that one sold like hotcakes. That one did not, <laughs> did not sell like hotcakes. Uh, I bet I could look up Pinball. Pinball's probably less than $60. So sad. One of the, one of my favorite black box punch out and mike tyson's punch out their numbers are combined into one uh three million it's 183 dollars but it's combining so many things together but yes that is uh, an expensive common game no one is surprised about that kid icarus 1.75 million hundred dollar game it's an old nes game Uh, so it's probably a lot of those sales are coming from japan because kid icarus isn't like dirt common and it also has kind of like the it, it's got black box rubbing off on it because it's a silver box game. I know there are it's fans also of got Kid Icarus. The hang tab appeal. I will take what what was that? I said it's also got the hang tab appeal. It's got like, hang tab, yeah. A, but that's but, I mean the hang tab is is not super common. So no, but like if you want that, like that's what I'm saying. Like that price, a hundred dollars. That's not talking about the hang tab one. That's it's not, talking. but it's an average. The hang tab price is average in there. I'm trying to justify why Kid Icarus should be lower in price, and I just want to constantly bring up, and I will argue it till I die, uh, not a lot of people are Kid Icarus fans. And I know there Aren't are they? like weird diehard people who are Kid Icarus fans. I loved Kid Icarus. There is, there is Kid Icarus, and then there is uh, Kid Icarus Rising on the 3DS, and oh, and then there's the Myths and Demons on Game Boy, which... Yeah. 
I've never heard anyone play. People just put it on their shelf because it's a Kid Icarus game. The most popular Kid Icarus did, game did you is not Super like Smash Bros. I think Kid Icarus is fine. It's just when people go off about it, like it's this huge, impactful bam, classic. Bam, it's just like, you can love Kid Icarus. I just That's like being so on Kid Icarus. Why? I remember Icarus when I was a kid, really I used cool. uh, a Game Genie, I think, that gave me infinite lives or something. And Kid Icarus is hard. I, so I, I was using Game Genie. Like, it was like invincibility or infinite lives, something like super ridiculously overpowered. And I still had trouble with the last level is what I remember about Kid Icarus. Man, flying up through that like space level and you're decked out with like your mirror shield and everything. And you got your little helmet on. What a pain in the ass that game was. And the eggplant wizards, so frustrating. Yeah. I'm not going to say Kid Icarus is overpriced because it has basically everything going for it. But it is relatively common numerically. And that doesn't mean the box, of course. I'm going to say it's underpriced. Underpriced. Go for it. Kid Icarus, $300 game. I mean, I bet you can't get a super nice Kid Icarus for $100. Remember, these are all like price charting prices. So this is like totally average condition. Yeah, th- there's a really like it's it's shabby but not not unpresentable like hang tab version for like $179 a best offer right now on eBay. And if I still needed a hang tab copy, I would have been all over that. All right, time to pause the show. Is that a good price? Are you serious? Let's pause the I show. Mean, I I like Kid Icarus, so I would have just been looking for it, but I I've since picked mine up. I've got a really nice non-hang tab no rev a version that i got from uh eric excite bike comics and games and i, yeah, think, I, I, I have, think i paid uh, more than 175 yeah you can pick up kid icarus for like 100 bucks i think still pretty easily and even less uh but yeah i, I think the hang tab oh no see there's one for 79 dollars. this is not nice johnny i didn't say it was nice oh. i said it was shabby oh you said it was shabby okay all right yeah i said a shabby copy and then there's actually another sh- a shabbier copy that would still present okay for like $80. So, I mean, depending on how desperate I was just to say I had the hang tab, there's ways to get it. Yeah, Kid Icarus, I'm looking at it. You can still find copies for like well under $100. You can almost, you can pick up a hang tab version now for 100 I'm going to go with my, my gut feeling there, underpriced. People, even though they sold a lot of copies of this game, Kid Icarus has everything going for it. Except that they sold a lot of copies of it. Yeah, that's the only... But, but no, I mean, really, world, it does, like, the style. Except the fact that uh, it's a franchise that has gone nowhere and no one actually cares about it. It is so annoying. Like, <laughs> I had so much hope when they brought him into Smash. I'm like, oh, man, finally, they're, like, gonna do something. They made the 3DS game. Like, please, revisit Kid Icarus. Like, it would have been, like, the perfect kind of game to keep in, like, that, that 2.5D, like on the 3ds and like move it that way they didn't do anything i'm so yeah. surprised i i would totally play another kid icarus game that was like kid icarus uh not right, the game boy game d- because i feel it's like illegal to play the game boy game no one ever talks about the game boy game i think they so. should whatever they do they should they should make it for the switch 2.5d and then include it should be part of a kid icarus collection they should just tack on the other two so you can play them no that's nintendo can't give that much away they'd have to charge extra for that somehow uh, maybe make it a pre-order bundle. All right, Johnny. Um, I'm going to say Kid Icarus price, not very surprising. DuckTales sold $1.7 million, uh, 1.7 million copies, uh, $71 game. 
not surprising, really, because that is a absolutely beloved game. That's the first third party game on our list. Yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty impressive that it, it's got those kinds of numbers and it was third party. Yeah. And then also uh, Ghost and Goblins, another Capcom game, sold 1.6 million, and that's 78. I'm surprised. That, that one surprises me. I love Ghost and Goblins as well, but Ghost and Goblins, uh, one, I, I liked it better on Super Nintendo, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, right? But this is not a game that I thought people loved on the NES. Like, it was a hard kind of, at some points, miserable game. I think it's just one of those games that's so entwined with what the NES is. Like, when you think NES, you think, like, Mario the Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, Kid Icarus, DuckTales. I think it's just one of those games. I mean, also because it was so popular, it sold a billion copies. What about Dragon Warrior? How many did it, it sell? Uh, they couldn't sell it. They just had to give them all away, Johnny. That's 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 the joke, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the joke. All, all right. right. You, you Hey, congrats. You found the joke. Good. Um, all right. So tell me the interesting stuff then. What, what, this is all like, okay, where, okay. What, what's the, like the weird stuff? So it's not really weird, but Tetris 5.5 million copies, which is a billion copies and complete in box. One of the easiest games you'll ever try to find, uh, $19. And in this post supply world where demand is everything and it doesn't matter how many copies there are is tetris tetris might be the best-selling franchise ever i don't know like maybe like minecraft has surpassed it at this point sims it's not the sims all right i'll let's fight we're going to the wikipedia best-selling franchises while in the middle of a sentence because when you look up like the list of best-selling games tetris is always on top because they combine all the tetris games into one game all right i'm wrong okay it's mario tetris is number two tetris sells more than pokemon because it's counting 425 million mobile phone downloads that god damn it but the pokemon number includes pokemon go then johnny let me get back to my point tetris is incredibly popular nes yes. not the definitive version maybe the definitive version it's the version which, they compete which version on, right which version? Tengen or? No, regular ass Nintendo. Tetris. $19 ass complete in box Tetris. I know. I'm just. I'm Why just are you difficult? Stop being difficult. Because that that's collecting in a nutshell. It's difficult. There's so many caveats. Uh, There's so many corner cases and bullshit that people and you know i know everyone listening to the show knows that but there's a lot to take in it's not just numbers that's why when you look at a best-selling lesson that's a perfect illustration like why is tetris have so many how many phone downloads did they bring in there that's stupid why did they do that but that's collecting and that's why looking like contextualizing data is important or else because if you just read the numbers you would get it wrong basically i'm saying pick up a copy of tetris because agree it, I think Tetris is actually the cheapest game out of any game we've looked at. Uh, out of any of the best-selling Nintendo games, Tetris is the cheapest of any of them, which is kind of crazy. Because like when you say, buy a Nintendo, you're like, well, I need a copy of Tetris. I'm going to say at least three of the next, uh, out of uh, including Tetris, three of the next, uh, uh, the four total games you're going to talk about next. I think if you don't have these complete in box, you should endeavor to do so while they are cheap. Sure. Uh, next one, Kirby's Adventure is $51 and sold 1.75 million copies. So again, uh, sold a billion copies, even though it's a late release NES game. 
It is not Kirby's first game, but goddamn, is it the first game that feels like a Kirby game? Uh, because in Kirby's Dreamland, you cannot suck up people and take their power. So Kirby's Dreamland sucks balls. Uh, and Kirby's Adventure is a much better game. Also, Kirby's Adventure has amazing box art. Like, it, it's really good. It's got a... It's got him eating the box art. Like, it, yeah. come on, guys. I... It's people don't love Kirby even as much as they love Kid Icarus. And he's clearly on a different tier than Mario, Zelda, Metroid, $70,000 Donkey Kong. Yeah, so beware with the Kirby version. There is like a uh, French-Canadian version you can get that's got like an ugly banner at the bottom. So don't try not to get that one. That's more of a problem with sealed copies because there's a ton of new old stock of those Canadian ones. You used to be able to get them for like, there were like cases of those selling for like $200. And now I'm sure you, a single one sells for more than $200. But uh, yeah, so I, I've never even seen one I'm, of those complete in box. Yeah. Get, um, well, they're, they're available. And like, I don't see actually many on eBay that are under like $80 that are like reasonable. So just beware. But if you don't have a Kirby, it, it's just an important game to have. Like Kirby games, if you look at like GBA and stuff, people love Kirby. Like the, don't don't slouch. If uh, if you're a collector and you find a reasonable price on this Kirby game, you know, pick it up. Yeah, I just uh, the market is snubbing Kirby. We don't like uh, Kirby. Donkey Kong Classic sold 1.6 million, and it's I can't forty. Can't bucks. even believe you're talking about this game. Wow. How much do you hate Donkey Kong Classic? Uh, I mean, I hate any version of Donkey Kong that doesn't have the Pie Factory level. Why can't you believe I'm talking about this? Just like you got so annoyed last time I brought up Donkey Kong Classics. What are you talking about? Uh, it was it was like two years ago. You got I, I forget what I was bringing it up about, but you were like annoyed. And there's this version actually has some extra good stuff on there too. There's like the Game Boy version I think is on here, right? Dude, I don't know anything about here? Donkey Kong Classics. I just assumed it was a compilation of Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior. I've never even put it in my NES. No, it, I think it actually has better versions of Donkey Kong on it. All right, let's 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 go to look it up. Um, well, we don't have to look it up. Nothing now. has we changed can... in gameplay or modes. The only difference is the title screen. It's now a blue color. Is it? Cool. I, maybe. Oh, maybe it's the Game Boy one that has the better stuff in it. Oh, Donkey Kong on Game Boy is just yeah. That's the it's basically the first Mario versus Donkey Kong game. It's got like a hundred levels. That game's awesome. Okay, yeah, okay, that's why someone like came and told me about it, and I'm just misremembering all over the place. All right, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. good, good on me, Johnny. I mean, I assume Donkey Kong Classics is just kept down because if the collectors want if Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., because gonna... they're both black box games and way more interesting. Yep. And Donkey Kong Classics is not part of the classic series. Oh my god, either, which Johnny, is also stop weird. It. Well, I'm just saying because you know, the like OG player's choice on Nintendo was. The classics, which you can get like three games in, like Punch Out and uh, Blades of Steel, weirdly, and the Zeldas. And the funny part is, like, it it would totally fit in there. Even like the time frame, like Donkey Kong Classics, yeah. I think came out when Punch Out came. Oh, but not Punch Out Classic series. Oh man. Yeah, anyway, the last one is Yoshi, which sold one point seven five million. It's a twenty three dollar game. Um, I just put it on here because it says Yoshi. No one cares about Yoshi. If you could actually play as Yoshi and it wasn't some stupid puzzle game. Uh, people would, it would be way more expensive, but uh, it's not. 
And I think that's probably the same thing for Tetris. Uh, it's $19 because no matter how classic, how timeless, how anyone in the world wants to play and understands Tetris, uh, it's a puzzle game and people aren't going to spend a lot of money for puzzle games. Again, though, great box art. Yeah, It's got Yoshi coming out of the egg. It's got Boo and Piranha um, Plants. I don't like Yoshi's box. I don't like anything about Yoshi. Really? Maybe, maybe it's just that I look at it and I get disappointed. And I'm like, I can't play as Yoshi in that game. It's a stupid puzzle game. My wife loves Yoshi. So, so I like the box art. Johnny did uh, nothing in NES is super surprising to me besides maybe Tetris and Kirby and even Kirby is like, eh. Um, yeah, th- there's no big shocks there. I mean, ne- the problem with Ness is it's always the depths are always plumb. So let's, yes. I mean, we took a long time talking about that. So let's, and that was my fault. I'm constantly derailing us, but let's, <laughs> uh, let's go into Super Nintendo. So, tell me. That wasn't even a word. I said, stell me. Cool. Uh, learn to speak. Johnny, slow down. Hey, Tyler, please tell me about the Super Nintendo. All right. So we looked at all the Super Nintendo games that sold more than 2 million copies worldwide again. And uh, keep in mind that once we're in Super Nintendo land, if a game has a player's choice version, that's going to suppress the price a little bit. Uh, so Super Mario World doesn't count because all those sales are going to be pack-ins. Uh, so our first game, Mario All-Stars, with 10.5 million copies sold, is sitting at $68. Pure demand thing, not surprising at all, despite how many copies it's sold. Uh, and that price is even suppressed. So it's like barely above, quote-unquote, MSRP. Uh, but also those Player's Choice copies are bringing it down. Right. And there was a pack version of that as well. Yep. Uh, next one on the list of above MSRP, 5.1 million copies sold... Donkey Kong Country 2 for $73. This one surprised me, Johnny, uh, for two reasons. Uh, one, we skipped over Donkey Kong Country, which is not that surprising because Donkey Kong Country, a billion copies out there, it's always been a pretty cheap game. Uh, I didn't know Donkey Kong Country 2 was a $73 game. No. Do you have a price chart? Do you, is it, in your head, is this a $73 game? Ah, uh, no. It, all the Donkey Kong games, because they were pretty common, were, weren't that expensive, except for maybe it's the Player's Choice 2 version, and all of them have a Player's Choice. Uh, so careful on that. Uh, one of the Player's Choice, I think it's either two or three, has a hard-to-find Player's Choice copy. So this was $40 forever, and then it shot up in basically coronavirus, March 2020. And I don't really, I guess it just shot up because like Donkey Kong Country 2, that's the Donkey Kong Country that I would say most people want to play. Uh, So it's not that surprising that it shot up uh, being one of the most playable games on the Super Nintendo. But uh, well, and also it's in the like, it just got released, I think, was it one of them just got released on uh, the Switch Super Nintendo app and, you know, it's in the SNES Classic. So all of that is happening and still this much, which is kind of crazy. Also, I really don't like the Donkey Kong Country games. I think they're okay. Uh, you always talk I, about how you hate them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't like, don't like playing as primates. Just don't like it. I don't get it, John. I, I don't know what, like, I, I think I told the story where there was like uh, a, a monkey. So that chased us as a kid. Anyways. I don't, since then, I'm just like blanket, not into it. Don't want it. Also, if you've ever been to a zoo and went by like 
the, the a gorilla enclosure or anything. I know these are not all the same thing, right? I'm just lumping primates and junk. Like, so gross smelling and just not into it. Also, just like every time I happen by one in a zoo, you're just like, okay, that one's doing something unseemly right in front of me. Cool. Like, either shitting like right at you or masturbating. I'm not, I just have zero good experiences. So, there's a lot to it. What? Go on. <laughs> Uh, not into it. Well, going from that, uh, uh, Link to the Past, 4.6 million copies, $135. It could literally be selling for any price, and I'll be like, yeah, it's a Link to the Past. People are going to pay whatever they have to if that's the game they want, no matter how common it is. All the crazy prices, like, I just feel like that's not enough. I, yeah. I don't want to say it's underpriced, but you're just like, man, that's like pretty reasonable for, you know, arguably the best Zelda game. Like, people fight over this in Ocarina, right? And now Breath of the Wild, but uh, there's it's an undeniably great Zelda game, and you're just like 135 seems really reasonable, especially considering all the things that are packed into it. Yeah, I mean you're probably not going to get like a mint complete one for 135. It's probably going to be a little bit more, but yeah, no, I agree. Like when you compare it to other garbage things people are buying, like you could for the same price or a little bit more get. Limited run games checks quest. And if you don't have a nice complete copy of Link to the Past, what are you doing buying stupid right. ass limited run game stuff? Yeah, I don't care if they're like, oh, this is more rare. Dude, uh, if, if Heritage Auctions has taught us anything, games that are popular and also in demand, you know, command money. And that's we're like in this weird crossroad right now as collectors. So it's interesting. Anyways, go on. Yeah. So uh, I, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but as I was making the list of prices, just like the top 20 best-selling Super Nintendo games are just like such goddamn stone cold classics. Like every single game, like there's any of these games could be like 100, $200 games is be like, well, yeah, it's like one of the best games ever made. Whereas you're going down the NES list and there's all those like weird ones. Like, kung fu. Uh, yeah, like Kung Fu, like if that's a $200 game, it's like, why, why, like Kung Fu's fine. Okay. Like, uh, Ninja Kid, it's like, okay, Ninja Kid's kind of, kind of uncommon. You can't really find it in nice shape, but like, who cares about Ninja Kid? Anyway, Yoshi's Island, $4.1 million, $120. Nothing to say there. Amazing platformer. Okay. Donkey Kong Country 3 sold $3.5 million dollars. And it's a hundred three dollar or three point five million copies, and it is a hundred three dollar game right now. It is not Pokemon Heart Gold Soul Silver crazy. Who the f cares about Donkey Kong Country Three? I understand Donkey Kong Country Two is right now a seventy three dollar game. I understand that Donkey Kong Country Three is technically numerically rarer than Donkey Kong Country Two. And there are, like, the weird people who like it more than Donkey Kong Country 2 who are wrong. But Donkey Kong Country 2 is a much more beloved game that I don't care if it sold twice as many copies. It has way more than twice as many people who hold it dear to them. Uh, I just can't believe that this game... Uh, I can't even believe it's selling for more than Donkey Kong Country 2, to be perfectly honest. No thoughts. You have, no, you have nothing to say because it's a monkey game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final Fantasy not, 3, no one needs to hear about that, uh, right? So we can just move straight past Final that. Final Fantasy 3 is a uh, Final Fantasy game, which is amazing. <laughs> so Final Fantasy 3, 3.4 million copies, but that includes Japan copies, and for RPGs, it's going to be way skewed. Uh, yeah. 
$217. This might be, uh, maybe, maybe a most common, most expensive game contender. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, I possibly, but also RPGs have always commanded, uh, a premium. Like even back in the early days of collecting RPGs were always more, they were more people keep them. And if you even, especially for players, right? So if you are back in the day, if you weren't like a collector, but you wanted just your old games so you could play them, which meant you were collecting them. We don't need to get into the semantics of how stupid that is, (laughs) but that the money per hour, like your dollar per hour of gameplay made that game seem worth it. So if you had to pay 50 or $60 for it back in 2004, you're like, well, I'm going to play the shit out of this game. I'm going to put a lot of hours into this. It's not like Mario World where you're going to maybe put 20, 10, 15. Like, you can run through it relatively quickly, right? Donkey Kong Country. You can go through these games fast. Zelda still doesn't take that long. Final Fantasy, you could, you know, like really grind it into, you know, 50 to 100 hours if you really wanted to be crazy. So, thinking, oh, yeah, I, I guess that feels okay, knowing how much I'm going to play this spending you know, more money. That's kind of where RPGs have always had this like price inflation. Plus if you're getting a box simply, usually they had a thicker manual and a couple of maps like final fantasy does. So you just got, it felt like you got more than other games. Yeah. I mean, it feels more premium and as a collector, that's, that's really nice. I don't like buying a big box PC game that comes in a big box and the box is empty Except for like a jewel case is like, wow, I sure feel dumb that I paid $60 for this. So yeah, Final Fantasy 3, very expensive, but I think we could say it's justified. But still, it's expensive because of crazy demand for it. Yep. Mario Paint is on here, $2.3 million. It barely squeaks out $67. I don't know what Mario Paint's MSRP was. I bet it was a more expensive game, right? It was, yeah, because it came with the mouse and, and the mouse pad. Also as a player's choice version... Uh, you Mario Paint was such a weird game, but everybody had it. Uh, like my aunt, I uh, was living with my aunt at the time, and she bought one for my cousin Will, so we had it at our house somehow. Yeah, Mar- not a not a contender for uh, a cool, very common but expensive game. Uh, shout out to Mario Paint though, for yep. uh, it was basically a thirty dollar game complete in box in twenty twelve, and it has kind of steadily grown since then. It has not been. for seven years, and then in the past two years, doubled in price, like most of the games on our list. So here's going to be something just to know about Mario Paint. If you want this game, and you think you're going to get it, and you want it complete in box specifically, get it sooner rather than later. If you can pick it up at a local convention whenever those happen again, you should do that. Because shipping isn't getting less expensive, and that game is not of a convenient size to ship. So... You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, this game used to sell for $30 and ship for $8. Now it's like selling for $60 to $70 and shipping for like $18 sometimes. So just careful. Like, it's just one of those things to keep in the back of your mind on any of the dumb NES big box games. Or I should say Super NES. And there's only 2.3 million copies out there. Right. There's... Which includes player shortcuts worldwide, and uh, obviously many have lost been lost to time. I guess what Mario Paint has going for it, which is why it's not super expensive, is that 
keeping the box is really convenient to store the mouse pad and the mouse. So it is probably a lot easier to find a complete box Mario Paint than basically probably any other <laughs> SNES game. I don't know if that's true, but like relative from loose carts to complete. No, I don't. That's not even true because Mario Paint is such a dirt common loose cart. So I can't. Yeah, say but it. what it does have going for it over other collectible games is that it's not going to it's like you can emulate it. But unless you have like the right tools, like if you're like running it on a, like a ROM cart that you're sticking into your analog or whatever, you, unless you have the mouse and everything, this is not something you're going to... So it's got extra pieces. It's not ever going to be on the Super Nintendo Classic. They're not going to put it on Switch Online, most likely. So it's, you know, it's one of those ones that isn't going to see a bunch of different ways to play it. But also, like, would you want to? So that's that's my negative on it. It's got a cool music ma- maker, Johnny. I Did I ever tell this story on the show of uh, of the ski trip? So... Uh, when I was in high school, uh, this is in northern Nevada, my cousin and I, uh, we we ditched school and we told my aunt because it was uh, it was like a not winter break, but it was like ski break. We had a ski week where the schools just closed for three days. And we told my aunt it was the whole week. So we were like relying on her work schedule because she left like before people went to school and got home after Right. So we were relying on that gap that she would never find out. And we would be home to take the call from administration, which then they were going to be pretty lax because lots of kids just take the whole week anyways. So we got caught on the last day because one of her coworkers mentioned it, not that she drove by her. They're like literally getting caught in the last hour, like right before she came home was very frustrating. And she was canceling our ski trip right for the weekend. And we wrote an apology on super mario maker and use the music thing that, uh, that's a real story <laughs> <laughs> like we like had a thing it said like we're sorry love you aunt betsy and like had oh like flowers and like we made dinner yeah we were like 13 Th- this is the thing we did oh that's amazing <laughs> yeah, <on>. so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my cousin will uh who's uh more artistic than i am like got on there and cranked some stuff out like you know and i'm over his shoulder like giving ideas and like making the music and stuff it was it was real dumb where I like tidying up the house. I don't know whose stupid idea this was, uh, but yeah, it it worked out. And then later in life, she told us she's like, "Yeah, we were always gonna let you guys go because we'd already paid and like we weren't ever getting that money back." Yeah, but we wanted to scare, kids. but yeah, but we wanted to like put it in you that that wasn't cool. So, but she did enjoy the gesture. So there you go. That's a dumb thing I did. Guys, we need to apologize. How about we play video games? <laughs> yeah yeah that's wait look we had it running like when she came home i think we made dinner and like had the lights low and everything it was it was real dumb so johnny anyways next on our list of best-selling super nintendo games uh 2.1 million copies super mario rpg 200 dollars uh basically the same as final fantasy 3 in every aspect including that it is super common in japan and a lot of the sales are probably but i mean what it has really going for it, it's the start of the Super Mario RPG series. Sure. Woo. Like, for I mean, if you're looking for first, right? Like, that's important. You said, well, not many things started on the Super Nintendo. This is one that did. Same with Donkey Kong Country. These are games that started here. So sure. they should be commanding more for that reason. 
And I don't think people have really like the high end have like really tuned into that yet. Like they've tuned into it's Mario, but they haven't tuned into I'm, like Johnny. This is I, you could probably Mario go on Heritage RPG. and find like a forty thousand dollars Super Mario RPG. Sale. I, I know. Look, they don't care not, about complete in box. You're talking about a different market. The people buying regular ass games like you and me aren't like, what's the first appearance of Mario RPG? They're just like Mario RPG is awesome. I need to put that on my shelf. Yeah, but I'm telling all of our collectors who listen and do collect more like us that that stuff will trickle down and become expensive for CIBs. And you're starting to see CIBs move at uh, a more a more rapid pace on Heritage and within those circles, like in the high-end rooms, you're starting to see more chatter about CIBs and people showing them off more. Before, it was like all sealed all the time. And now, like, you're like, oh, okay, people are just showing CIBs now. Nice CIBs, but still CIBs. Same. All right, FOMO everything, because then See, you're just going to turn into me and just spend I, I, just every, all, every last dollar on video games you don't have that you're worried no, about. No, it's, it's like the point you made. Like, if you're out there buying stupid shit on Limited Run or Super Rare Games or any of these other f***ing idiot boutique companies, which make some fine games, and I am also buying some from, but if you're out there buying this other ridiculous shit, and you're like, maybe I should get Super Mario RPG. I can't really afford it. S- don't buy three limited run games and go buy Super Mario RPG instead. That is the better buy. But Johnny, you told me to buy Mario Paint, and I had to spend seventy five dollars at a convention I to didn't get that. And then say you told me to, to buy- spend. You told me to sp- buy Link to the Past at literally any price, and I spent five hundred dollars on a really nice one I found on Facebook. No, you did not do that. <laughs> Johnny, I'm out of money, and now I can't buy Super Mario RPG. Should I take out a payday loan? Considered, yeah. (laughs) Should we get into how bad payday loans are for you? No, don't, don't ever. I heard it's a good idea to buy games that I think will go up in price and put them on a credit card. Johnny, is that true? No, no, (laughs) stop that. Uh, See, Tyler's making jokes, but this is literal things we read and hear about or people tell us or have asked me questions about specifically should i buy x i can't really afford it here's the end of that <laughs> statement i can't really afford it the end don't uh, then you want to see a lot of sweaty people doing that look at the mtg finance community where people make I, some really bad decisions oh god just don't i know it and i uh I I don't want to invest. I just want to, like, you should, I always advocate that you just buy things you love and are awesome. Yeah, of course you can speculate, buy, and, you know, be out there and keep your eyes open and make a good purchase when you see it. But investing, like, buying up, like, 10, 12 copies because you think you're going to make that money, uh, it gets so sketchy. It can go so south on you. Uh, and I'm not an investor, so I'm not going to tell you yay or nay are the best way to do any of that but uh just be careful out there buy good stuff though like if you're gonna spend money like don't and you're like well i can't afford this now or but i'm gonna buy three limited run games over the next week just think about whether you would rather own mario rpg or those shitty limited run games especially if they come in the like the collector's edition god the, unless you really love it don't buy the collector's editions such bad value Oh, Anyways. just limited run in general? Whatever. Yeah. I just, I, who knows the value of limited run in 10 I, years? If yeah, in 10 years, was, it might be fine. But like it, but that's just the weird state of collecting now. Everything in me says that that shouldn't be right. Um, but who knows? Like, if you look at raw numbers, they are never going to be as high as 
like the millions we're talking about right now. Well, so wait, what are you talking about? Limited run games. That's what like, oh, we're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Millions, but like one thing that uh, we probably bring it up on the show, but I'm going to bring it up again. We have. N- I said in ten years, uh, just as like a random thing I'm throwing out there. No one has any idea what the market's going to be like in ten years because guess what? Three years ago. People, what did we think was the coolest thing to own? I don't know. What was like the hot thing? Like Earthbound and Little Samson? And and the bubble was coming and bursting. I recognize that like the regular collectors out there still think a lot of the same games are cool and their opinions haven't changed because some weirdos came into the high-end market. But now there's this different like public level. Like there's always been the weird CD underground, but like headline sales of tens of thousands of dollars regularly for games that had no value, not no value, you know, a hundredth of the value. Um, now people are like, oh, print runs are all that matters now. Uh, specifically, like just this print run, though, not not going that specific into uh, this minor detail or, or this this chip or this board set, uh, you know, all these weird little variants that no one really cares or documents. Because, uh, you know, those, those will never, no one will ever care about those things. Yeah, um, date codes don't matter as long as this sure. is the first print. In 10 but, years, uh, date codes might be the only thing that matters. Or in 10 years, no one might give a about any of this. And people have entirely moved on. And like the market is 1 million percent PlayStation 2. Like there's no there's no blue chips in video games. So uh, just yeah. I just want to point out that. And games that are selling for fifty thousand dollars that were worth seven hundred dollars two years ago—that's weird. If a market swings that much, it could be Bitcoin. Look at Bitcoin in twenty seventeen. Also, look at Bitcoin right now. And look at Bitcoin in two thousand. What was it? Eighteen after it crashed. Remember it like it was got up like eighteen k per coin or something, and then crashed back down, or maybe it crashed eighteen, yeah. and then got uh, up to nineteen, Johnny. And I got out at fourteen, and I felt great about it. Uh, you're like, oh, yeah. And it like fell all the way down to like six. And people are like, oh, like, sh- like get rid of all your Bitcoin. Yeah. And now look at it. Who f-ing knows? Again, we're not investors. Don't listen. Oh, yeah. This is not an investment podcast. I, I put it. So, I mean, Bitcoin is like like three times at what I sold my Bitcoin at. But uh, I put all that into video games and video games have gone crazy, too. Uh, so who cares? Yeah. Also, speaking yeah. of things going crazy, I'm like video games are obviously up. Uh, since coronavirus they're up and like it's been a little bit weird since then but like i i keep a little bit on top of other collectibles like uh comics and sports cards and things like that i've started looking more into sports cards that just seems like fucking nuts compared to sports video games so like the more I expose myself to to comic sports cards, as much coins as I can get. There's not a lot of coin YouTubers, um, and YouTube is where I get most of my information. It's because most of those guys are, you know, struggling to be alive at 100 years old. Exactly. Like video games are really like, reasonable. I, I, I don't. What am I trying to say? Like, I can't complain about the state of like our prices increasing when like this sports card went up or this comic book went from like $8,000 to $21,000. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. In the grand scheme of collectibles, we're still pretty small potatoes. Yeah. Like if, if you need, uh, 
uh, Hulk 181. I'm just throwing a random book out there. And it goes from like the copy you want goes from seven thousand to twenty one thousand dollars. It's like you can't get that anymore. But if like Super Mario World sells for fifty thousand dollars on Heritage Auctions, it's like, well, all right, I'll I'll go get a complete in box copy for four hundred dollars. Thank you. Yeah. So the, this takes us back to uh, when Dennis was on the show last. Probably what two years ago now that Dennis was on. Yes. And he he talked about this just a little bit that you know video games. They, they like they don't know like video game collectors don't know what the insane markets of these other collectibles look like and it's you know paltry like paltry numbers compared to what happens to this and like since coronavirus that has been highlighted extremely you, you look at it and you're just like wow uh this is insane people are crazy in the sports card world but even like magic and even new properties that have come in like have you seen any of this stuff on like flesh and blood like a new game comes in instantly sure. becomes like a crazy collectible now and the boxes go from eighty dollars to like five hundred dollars overnight you're just like what the hell happened what is going on in the world so collectibles are crazy and you know if you if you are into just collecting cib black box or cib video games and you can look around and you be like this is not so bad. This is it's really not, not as good as it, it. It's not as good as it was, but it could be a lot worse. Just, just know that you have dodged some bullets. You don't know that you've dodged. So go look out into those worlds and see how ugly it is out there because video game land is still it. it and if you collect cart, it's even more reasonable. It's like, if you're happy with just owning carts, your world is good. You're fine. You carry on. What happens when I get all the carts, though, Johnny? You stop. Mm, I don't know about that. No, you stop. I could That's... I could keep buying carts. I could buy, like, Game Boy Color carts. That would be fun, right? Very fun. No, even Game Boy Color is going up. There's some dumb... I don't want to get it. I fucking hate Game Boy Color. You hate Game Boy Color I hate more Game than Game Boy me. Color. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible garbage system. Probably Nintendo's worst system. It's a tweener system. It's, it's like, Game Boy was awesome. Game Boy... Color is fine, and then Game Boy Advance is awesome. Uh, yes. Johnny, I want to backtrack and then tangent to our tangents, tangent, and okay, say, go. D- we talked about having Dennis on the show two years ago. Today, I was trying to look up the Video Game Collectors podcast, whatever Dennis's podcast was that he did two episodes of on YouTube, and it's called something super generic, like Video Game Collecting Podcast, something like that. And yeah. now there's another show that's also called that. It's called something like Video Game Collecting Podcast. And I'm sorry, uh, you know, there, we probably have crossover audience because there's only so many podcasts about collecting video games. They have this generic name, like Video Game Collecting Podcast. So I look for that. All that comes up is Collector's Quest. And I understand my Google results are tailored to me. Fine. And I, I start looking for like Dennis Khan Video Game Collecting Con- Podcast, Dennis Khan Podcast. And all that comes up is Collector's Quest. So... My shout out to Dennis, who doesn't listen to the show, or if someone has Dennis's ear, which I kind of do, I can just tell him myself and make fun of him. I'm like, you could text him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has the worst name. Uh, you know what? Um, Josh Byerly listens to the show. Rename your stupid ass podcast to something I could find on Google, because I was trying to find it for some reason uh, today. Uh, it was anyway. only like, why didn't you search YouTube? That's where it was. 
because I'm I'm Johnny. We I'm a brainless person who just types into Google and expects everything to be there and never clicks to like the third page because if it's on the third page, I don't even know. I think the saying okay. is if it's on the second page, it doesn't exist. But I go to the second page and then give up. Anyway, we are so far off topic of trying to find the most common, most expensive game, Johnny. Okay. Out of uh, three to six Nintendo consoles. I mean, we all, like, spoiler alert, it's definitely going to be a Pokemon game, right? Um. Oh, are you segueing back yeah. on track? Yes. Oh, definitely going to be a Pokemon game. Although... You know, maybe in terms of uh, in terms of raw numbers, because they have such higher numbers. But what's our next game, Johnny? Uh, Chrono Trigger. That Whoa! was a that was a Super Nintendo game that no one cares about. That only sold two million copies, and that's only like five hundred dollars now. It's no big deal. Uh, that game's super common. You shouldn't pay anything for that, Johnny. Nope. You again, RPG syndrome. No, it's super common. I can't believe idiots out there think they can pay five hundred dollars for a Chrono Trigger. That's, How I'm, much did I'm that joking. CIB Super Mario Brothers sell for? yeah uh, i'm joking but i i didn't even look up chrono trigger there was the one game i was just like ah it's probably like four hundred dollars and i'm like oh maybe that's high i should look it up <laughs> and i looked it up and it's five hundred dollars i'm like oh my god when you said it was five hundred dollars i was like really five hundred when did that happen in my mind chrono trigger is always uh a hundred fifty dollar game but my mind is <laughs> that's like that a game up now probably so long ago contender strong contender for most common uh most expensive game just because complete in box is so expensive now however a lot of those sales are japanese although it's there's still a significant amount of uh, chrono trigger sales in america um to put it in a dumb and arbitrary dumb and arbitrary scale i believe on nintendo age chrono trigger is a three out of ten rarity uh, Nintendo Age Rarity Guides. Nice and uh, dumb enough. Also, there's a DS copy, right? So that's like one of the things, and you can play it on Android and Apple devices. And st- people still need their complete in box Chrono Trigger because it's it's right. fancy and comes with maps and comes with a a unique registration card that is hard to find on its own, and you'll have to buy a whole nother copy of Chrono Trigger just to get this goddamn registration card, Johnny. Except you had already bought a registration card and didn't have to do that. No, I already bought another copy that had the registration card just for the registration card, and I forgot I bought that second copy of Chrono Trigger. And then I was looking for a third copy of Chrono Trigger until I realized I already had it. And, I mean, I'm tired of, like, saying that I got you such a sweet price on Chrono Trigger, but I did. I'm Johnny, anything that anyone bought ever is a sweet price now. Yeah, so, that's true. Yes, but that was only back at the last Portland Retro Gaming Expo. <laughs> Yeah. Which is so many lifetimes ago now. I I cannot wait. So I I, I guess Portland's happening this year. Is it August? Like that is seems it? I don't, like, possible. <laughs> I don't. I'm not making any plans until. I figure last better. minute plans are going to be so easy to make with the pandemic, and or maybe everything. Everyone's going to get vaccinated, and everyone's going to immediately want to go on vacation. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't that would be a we terrible should... idea that will infect millions of people. But um, yep. We'll see if Portland is, is possible. Because it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like completely unlike anything. Because yeah, I don't know. So many people are missing it. They just want like whatever the first video game convention is after like pandemic kind of loosens its grip on the world. Man, it's going to go nuts. People have been just like stockpiling. They've got it laying around. 
I, I'm excited they, to see what stock, happens. And, like the buyers and the sellers are just like waiting for release. It's just going to be yeah. like throwing meat into it's, a piranha thing and seeing what happens. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be f***ing pandemonium. Make sure you get a seller's badge to uh, whatever convention you do and get all the good deals before the floor opens. Pro tip from Collector's Quest. Yep. It'll be Ooh. worth it, uh, especially this year. Anyway. Yes. Okay, so moving on. All the games that are not more than $60, we'll just say. Starting out with, I'm going to say, a surprising one, despite how absolutely dirt common it is, complete in box. Donkey Kong Country, $46, uh, which is definitely up. With That's probably doubled during uh, coronavirus times. Widely cited as people's favorite Super Nintendo game, you know, barring like Mario and stuff, but uh, very affordable. You have nothing to say about it because it's a monkey game. I understand. Uh, so how about your next one, Johnny? $60 for the 8.7 million selling Super Mario Kart. Uh, first uh, first of its series should be more. But, it, it's, you know, there's so many of them. There's so many Super Mario Karts. You know but that's it, not it. You know that's not it. People like no. the Mario Kart 64, baby. No, Mario Kart 64 even, sold no. more and it's more expensive, Johnny. It, that, but that doesn't mean it. Mario Look, Kart. Super Mario Kart, again, it's the first of its... Uh, it's the first of the series. It's the true first of the series. This is the one to get. It's the one to own. And then, yeah, I guess you could play that garbagey N64 one if you want. But I would just move on and uh, get a better one on GameCube. Get Double Dash. And then after that, I would get Mario Kart 8 if that's what you're trying to play. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take your word for it because you're or the actually kart Mario guy. Kart Mario Kart DS was also very good. Uh, yeah, I played that one. I think that was, was Mario good. Kart Seven. That yeah, was good. Online. Like you could play locally. Like we, like if you were just near your friend, you guys could just fire up and it was so good. That was and everyone had a DS on them at that point. Everybody had it like, was even like before me and I never so everyone always had their DS on them. Oh man, life yeah. was good in like 2006, Johnny. Man, you that like that <laughs> local thing you could do with DSs was like it was like land parties while you traveled. It was so good. Anyways. Uh Super Mario Kart. Um what do we think? Yeah, $60. It's not really $60. I paid $100 for a really nice complete one. That one's probably held back by player's choice prices and yeah, condition issues. most likely. But so, uh again, I mean that's not crazy. It's on par with all not, the other classic Super Nintendo games, I think. After you Yeah, I mean if you're spending prices. $100 again, again, classic, it's the start of the series. What do you want to say? Street Fighter 2, Johnny. Um it only sold 6.3 million copies on Super Nintendo. Oh, uh, make sure you add in another uh, 2,000 2000. for the yeah, IM8 maybe. bit copies. I, I feel like this one's really held back by the IM8 bit prices. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can maybe add in the 4.1 million Super Street Fighter 2 turbos and then the 2 million Super Street Fighter 2s. I don't know what to say about Street Fighter. All three of them are basically it's 40 so many bucks. editions of Street Fighter. Like, it's a game that should cost more. It's held it back just because one. it's split up, confusing, and it's so common as a result that there's so many releases and people yeah. probably just need one. Oh, man. That I am 8-bit copy. It's that I am 8-bit copy. Yes. Also, like, why would they they pick the bad version of the game, too? God, get out. But no one's going to play it. I mean, you're not playing so. it, so you might as well just get the classic box art, right? Yeah, make sure you open it to know if you're just glows in the dark. <laughs> and then also make sure you put it in a console to see if it catches fire. Just got to get those digs in while I can. All right, moving on. 
Uh, Killer Instinct, $3.2 million, $57. That's not surprising because Killer Instinct is not relevant. Even though I think there's a newish one, maybe on Xbox 360, but not relevant. It is, it's a series that just did not carry on well. And I know there are people clamoring for more Killer Instinct stuff. But like it's, I see it's never going to be a dedicated A-list. base. I'm never going to be surprised. That, like Killer Instinct is never going to be like a thousand dollar. Oh my god, got to get the first Killer Instinct. Also, it's an arcade port, so I'm sure it's a compromised game on SNES, right? Yep. All right. Uh, Star Fox. First of all, Star Fox sold less than Killer Instinct. That's a little bit surprising to me. Three million copies. Star Fox is a forty-five dollar game. I associate Star Fox as one of the big Nintendo franchises, but perhaps a franchise that has lost relevance over time because they cannot capture the first two games, and it always seems like they're grasping at straws trying to capture the first two games again. Yeah, I mean, with the FX chip, right, when Star Fox came out, you were blown away by this, like, 3d flight game on the super nintendo which now you look at and you're like that looks god awful why am i looking why am i doing this to my eyes trying to play this game yeah they're just never also like the idea of that kind of flight sim game has gone away i then they went to like remember they went and tried to do like a weird ground assault game for a while like i don't know what that was what they was had that? adventures Star which Fox was like Adventure? a of time which did people play that like i don't i think kind of like that but I don't, I don't know, know if Star how Fox it is, but like it's it's weird. It's like it was not super in line with the franchise, and then Star Fox Assault is like, oh, we're gonna try to do Star Fox sixty four again, and then they did the Wii U one where people complained that you had to look at both the gamepad and the screen at the same time, and they hated it. Yeah, and it just never like it. It's got like Fox was in you know uh, Smash and stuff. He's a popular character like i don't know it's a popular franchise and popular in, in all regions so I, I don't know what nintendo has to do to get star fox back online but you would think that they would try also start of the series on the super nintendo but obviously it wasn't that popular timing because star fox 2 never quite made it out but you know if you want to complete super nintendo set make sure you get your snes classic and uh <laughs> that way you have star fox 2 right uh, yeah, speaking of big grasping at just trying to see. recreate the first two games, since Star yeah. Fox 2 is technically like a 2017 release, uh, oh man, what a Star Fox ripoff, am I right, Johnny? Oh man, what a ripoff. Um, that, again, that's probably among the cheaper games that we're going to talk about, and it is, oh, it's all, it's the first Star Fox game and all that. And then Maybe we're, we're one day Star Fox first. will regain its grace. Star Fox seems like something Nintendo still cares about, even though, like, probably... Most popular is uh, Fox McCloud as a Smash character because he's good in Smash. And like yeah. Falco is good in Smash. Yep. Falcon uh, Punch. That probably that's like an order of magnitude more popular than any other Star Fox game at this point. Let's get on to the real Falcon Punch here. And there is our segue to another supremely disappointing Nintendo franchise F Zero, 2.8 million copies sold amazing super nintendo game just like every super nintendo game on the top selling list 36 dollars. that is absolutely held back by player's choice um and player's choice you could get sealed for so long i think you can still find them sealed for relatively cheap yeah that'll always be a joke just because there's so many it's just like one of those games like donkey kong land 3 on game Boy. there's just like a ton yeah. of new old stock out there for whatever reason 
Uh, but not the black label. But yeah, F-Zero, uh, yeah, $36 is not going to break any records. I think it's... Like, I mean, prices it... are so much higher than they used to be, but F-Zero is cheap relative to all the other amazing classic games on the list. Like, you know, Yoshi's Island. It's less than Mario Paint. Like, F-Zero is a better game than Mario Paint. I don't care what accessories it comes with. You know what's weird? Like, the Space F-Zero held, like... Mario Kart kind of, and eight got kind of got weird and like spacey and futury. Like, did that just kind of take F Zero's place? They've tried to make a few of these Star Fo- or Star Fox F Zero style racers. Uh, there was one that released with the Switch that you could only buy in Japan that eventually came here. I forget what that was. That like tried to get it that I bought. That was pretty fun. I mean, like people keep trying to get like an F Zero style game to come back, but they just they just haven't made it happen. I mean, I, people don't want bootleg F-Zero. They want Nintendo to take F-Zero GX and make it HD. And I don't mean like an HD rem- remaster, like a new game in the style of F-Zero GX, which is super fast racing. And maybe that's on the horizon. Maybe I just don't remember. But uh, yeah. all mean, right, that's it for Super Nintendo, Johnny. Um, biggest. There's a lot of games near and dear to my heart there. Yeah, so the biggest outliers there would be Chrono Trigger, which is really expensive, and Donkey Kong Country, which is really cheap relative to the number of sales, I think. Okay. Um, No, Donkey Kong Country is not cheap relative to sales because it's such a goddamn common game, but relative to, I guess it's relative popularity um, amid everything else. All right. All right, this is your favorite one. Um, Uh, Blew my mind looking up nintendo 64 prices we're going over every nintendo 64 game that sold over 2 million copies worldwide woo i didn't even did i list yes i did put these in order super mario 64 12 million copies 88 dollars no surprise uh mario kart 64 10 million copies 76 dollars no surprise i'm gonna say golden eye is surprising so golden eye 007 8 million copies sold it is 61 dollars complete in box and again, all these prices are so much higher than they used to be. When I see GoldenEye now, I think like multiple copies have sold for like $20,000 sealed. But in addition to that nonsense, if you ask people, like people in their 30s, their favorite N64 game, uh, if it's not like Mario 64, I bet a lot of them would say GoldenEye because it's like what the third best selling game on the platform. And those aren't like Japanese sales. That's like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be super Golden Mario. Eye. It's going to be Mario Goldeneye or our Ocarina, right? Like yes. that's, or like maybe smash brothers, not liar, but no, cause everyone, like everyone those, like super smash brothers. Melee has like replaced smash brothers in people's minds. I think. Yeah. I like, oh, agree. Like it's a much better game. Yeah. But anyway, um, in this world where, like Yoshi's Island is selling for $120 and Donkey Kong Country 3 is a hundred plus dollar game. Uh, GoldenEye, I'm surprised that the demand has not pushed it higher, I will say. Especially they're both by Rare. Weird. They're both Rare games. No, I'm the company. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess that, that's on the technically over MSRP list, but I'm giving it the outlier for being kind of low price relative to what i think the demand could be ocarina of time johnny uh 88 complete uh, 276 dollars for the collector's edition sold 7.6 million copies uh it's the best game ever made so any price just like that's not the best game ever made it's not Mm. even the best zelda Mm. so this is interesting 
Is this interesting? $276 is a lot of money. What is up with that, Johnny? People like a fancy box. And look, we've talked about this uh, even recently on the show. It's the gold cart. Like, Zelda is supposed to be gold. You don't want this other gray bullshit. Like, I honestly think Link to the Past would sell for more if the fucking cart was gold. Sure. Not kidding. <laughs> and they, like, they put that, like, metallic overlay on it. You know, thinking back in the 90s, like was chromium or whatever. And it's Zelda. They, they made it the cartridge gold. That means money. So, I don't know what to think about this. Because Zelda Ocarina of Time, obviously, a dirt common game. Even the collector's edition. But, um, again, if you're going to collect this, which version would you rather have? I mean, I'd rather have the collector's edition because that's the version I had as a kid. <laughs> right. Well, I, I don't even think that... I might not even have a regular complete in box Ocarina of Time. I have to go check. And I'm not going to spend $100 on one. Was the regular one, did it actually outsell the collector's edition? I can't remember how the collector's edition went. I mean, I'm sure over the course of N64's life, because collector's edition was just available at launch. I'm assuming. I don't I don't actually know that. But yeah, but that's I mean, what I would assume. That's, uh, I, I don't know so what the numbers are. must have sold are. more gray cards. And like when you, when you look at eBay, like they're all gray cards. So Okay. But again, that could be one of those people hoarding their their special item. You know, they're yeah, not, I'm not it, getting it rid of this be. one. So. Anyway, it's it's hard to make a this is the most common game ever and it's expensive judgment on a collector's edition when we don't have specific numbers for the collector's edition. But it is interesting to point out. Uh, Ocarina of Time is f- nuts. Yeah, Smash Brothers sold five point five million one hundred twenty one dollars. Pokemon right. Stadium sold five point five million. The uh, first in the series, sure. Pokemon Stadium sold five point five million, hundred thirty-five dollars for Pokemon Stadium. Um, that I don't, and that is because it says all, Pokemon in the front of it. Uh, that has like a a recent price spike that goes directly upwards. Uh, that's not an interesting game. Also, not the first Pokemon Stadium game. First Pokemon Stadium game is the Japanese Pokemon Stadium, which is a different game. Diddy Kong Racing. 4.8 million copies, $65, technically above $60, but uh, sure. I highlighted the next one. What is it? Star Fox 64, Johnny. Oh, Star Fox. Four, 4 million copies, $92. That feels high to me, which is why I highlighted it, maybe. I don't know. I uh, okay. It's wait, a wait, big wait. box, and it comes with a rumble. Okay. How about if I put it this way, Johnny? Uh, I'm going to line up. Uh, Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, GoldenEye, regular Ocarina of Time, and Star Fox 64, and you have to point out the most expensive game. You're going to point look, to Star Fox? Th- nope. Okay. That's I mean, weird. Well, and, it, I, and I'm not going to, I'm definitely, to be honest, I'm probably going to point to Zelda and then point to Star Fox next. I don't even know what I would point to. I don't and know. it's just because of the box and, and all the extras, right? That That's, if, but if I was looking at, Carts. I'm not picking Star Fox. So, all right. Well, different I, I, I didn't. I didn't think this analogy out and have cart prices and all that lined up. But anyway, that's it is interesting. It is interesting that it's like more expensive than Mario 64, a Mario that people love so very much, and Goldeneye, a game that people cite as their favorite. Like three of the most cited games that are the favorite on the system, and Star Fox for some f-ing reason is more expensive than uh, those. I mean. It's an awesome game, and it's strictly better than the SNES version because it basically replaces the SNES version. 
Um, sorry, Stefan. Banjo-Kazooie, 3.6 million copies, $100. Seems pretty normal. Pokemon Snap, 3.6 million copies, $100. Except that Pokemon Snap is another game that had a price spike directly upwards because it has Pokemon in the title. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, by the way, we are in early 2021. We're in late 2020. For some reason, I'm not even sure why, like everything Pokemon just went nuts. Pokemon cards, Pokemon Mo- video Logan games. Paul. If you have Pokemon VHS tapes, I bet they're more expensive than they used to be. It's 1998 all over again. Yeah, I want to say Logan Paul, but uh, it might have been it's oh, one of maybe, those guys. Was that he, it? Was it Logan Paul? He bought a box yeah, of Pokemon cards million, for $250,000 recently. Yeah, he spent like a million dollars or something on Pokemon cards and like... It, People went nuts after that. Literally, just try like <laughs> he's. This is his fault. Go blame him. Go. I'm at, there's like like pe- men in their fifties looking at graphs and like buying up children's cards because Logan Paul of all people opened a box of sealed Pokemon cards and pulled out you know Charizard and whatever. You know, one of the what most hateable, one of the most hateable figures in boxing is uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. And they're supposed to fight, right? So I find myself in a weird conflict where, because I hate his style of boxing so much, just clenching and moving. Like, yeah, he's fine. He's a boxer. He's a great boxer. Whatever. He's just not enjoyable. I'm hoping he punches him in the face repeatedly for this, for me having to hear about Pokemon so much. Oh, yeah. I just I just put an Instagram story out. So I was looking up Pokemon games for the show. So I'm just like, oh, I'll just go to price charting and type the word Pokemon in and just get all of them at once. And if you do that now, it shows you every Pokemon card because Pokemon cards are on price charting now. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. Uh, uh, that's really. Don't we have. Why does price charting track Pokemon cards? Don't they have like a billion TCG thing like TCGs probably have like some of the most developed marketplaces specifically for them that aren't eBay, right? Like TCG player supports Pokemon. They do. They sure do. You can find the price of all the cards. All right. I mean, you got to keep up with the times. People want the Pokemans. They sure do. Let's move on. Anyway, Majora's Mask, 3.3 million sold, $130. I didn't even check the collector's edition for that. It's it's a Zelda game. Like again, like yeah. those aren't going to surprise me. No. Uh, two point seven, two point eight million for Yoshi Story, seventy two dollars. Uh, that seems kind of high, but again, it's an that Nintendo seems platform. high to me. But uh, again, yeah, okay, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm trying so to keep Yoshi it relative Story? with everything. Like it in a vacuum, it's high, but relative to everything else, like it's a little bit less than all the other popular N sixty four games. True. I just don't ever hear people talking to me about Yoshi Story. Yep. Uh, except for Stefan, he needed the black Yoshi plushie, I believe. Right? He needed one of the Yoshi plushies that's like super rare for no reason. I, I'm just assuming that's Yoshi's story. Are there like multicolored Yoshis in the other games? I know there are, but is there like one game that has all the Yoshis in it? I guess like, I don't know. There's like the yarn games. I'm just going to move on. F- Yoshi. Overrated character. What? Right. Send your hate mail to Johnny underscore Ayuchi. Mario Party. 2.7 million copies, $100 complete. It's not even... Mario Party's such a bad game. I mean, it spawned such a... Like, probably... Is that Nintendo's longest-running numbered franchise? 
Yeah, and people tell me the Switch version is good, which I don't understand. People who no, I know are ha- Mario Party haters have like come around on Mario Party for the Switch. I don't know what the this world is. I don't want to play any Mario Party. I want to play Mario Party. And it's not. It's just not my jam. Not into it. I mean, it's not surprising because it's a Nintendo game. It, maybe it is surprising that it's more expensive than some of the the top top games like Mario sixty four and and Mario Kart. Goldeneye. Uh, but I guess it is. It's Ocarina another game of time. It's more expensive than Star Fox. Weird. I mean, yeah. also, I mean, does Mario Party have a the, player's choice version? Uh, yes. Are you sure? I think so. No. no, but I'm pretty sure. I have, I mean, I could get up and look if you really wanted me to. I want you to. All right. Hey, listeners. I'm just asking this because if games like GoldenEye and Ocarina of Time are dragged down by player's choice prices, uh, I want to know if... Mario Party is entirely black label prices or non-budget label prices. So, uh, anyway, uh, this is so off topic from what we've even been discussing. We're trying to find the most no. common, uh, nope. most expensive game. We're just kind of going through the prices of the most popular Nintendo games. It's a little check-in on the market, if nothing else. So, no, there there isn't. Ha, there isn't. So, that that would inflate the price a little bit, then. Yeah. Pokemon Stadium 2, 2.5 million copies sold, $166. Guys, I didn't actually look at the price graph on it. I'm going to guess it is a flat line until three months ago, and then it goes straight up. Or maybe March. I don't remember when the spike was. There's a clear spike for all the Pokemon games. Uh, Why? Who cares about Pokemon Stadium 2? And then Mario Party 2, 2.5 million copies, $125. Nothing surprising there. Notably, less than MSRP games, Johnny. Donkey Kong 64. Woo. Uh, 5.2 million copies. $53. Relative to everything else on this list, that one stands out to me as weird. It Much lower weird, than all the other popular N64 games. It did Donkey Kong 64 did it just not grab people the way the Super Nintendo ones did? Donkey Kong more people like Donkey Kong 64 than Donkey Kong Country 3, I think. And it I mean, sold twice probably, as many on a console that was way less popular. Is that true? Is okay. N64 less popular than SNES? Maybe that's not true. I mean, yes. Yes. Like, look at the amount of games in the life cycle. Well, yeah. Oh, cycle yeah sure. Of console. Sure. Yeah. Let's go over the Donkey Kong timeline. So you have Donkey Kong, the arcade game. I don't know arcade game prices. Maybe coronavirus has affected them. I'm going to say... will get you a Donkey Kong, probably. Maybe cheaper if you could put some work into it. Then you have Donkey Kong, which sold sealed on NES for $70,000 recently. So that's a bit of a price gap. And then you go to Donkey Kong Country, which is the cheap garbage of Super Nintendo. No one wants Donkey Kong Country. It was one of the ones in the below MSRP list. Yeah, but there was, but 9.3 million of them made. Yeah. So, yeah, it is common. So that's part of it. Um, but rarity doesn't matter anymore, Johnny. It's pure demand. Uh, forget your little Samsons. It's 100% Mario and Zelda games from now on. And the Donkey Kong 64 is also in the below MSRP sad no one wants you list. Uh, it Donkey Kong on NES, the shitty version of the arcade game sold for $70,000. No one wants any of the other Donkey Kong games. All right. I, I don't get it. Except that that one is uh, first, right? It's the first one. 
Donkey Kong 64 is the first 3D Donkey Kong. First oh. game where you could play as Lanky Kong. Is that true? That might not be true. Is Lanky I Kong would not Donkey- know. I have never played a Donkey <laughs> oh, Kong. Oh, you hate all these games. Okay. All right. It also, uh, personal bias there because I like Donkey Kong 64, honestly, top 10 platformer of all time to me. Uh, people are crazy that don't like that game. I, I To be clear, I've played Donkey Kong games uh, where you are fighting Donkey Kong, like obviously arcade Donkey Kongs and stuff. Uh, none of the country or Kong 64 or anything Ford, Blizzard, country or whatever it is. Never, never, not once. Not even a demo. Okay. All right, so that was the uh, that was the last kind of interesting N sixty four when I thought Donkey Kong sixty four seemed relatively underpriced. Although I, I understand that the point of this episode is looking for games that are uncommonly expensive. Uh, everything else in N sixty four kind of boring. Three point one million dollars for Star Wars Episode One Racer. It's like thirty bucks. Uh, Three million copies for Wave Race. It's like thirty bucks. Uh, Two and a half million for Shadows of the Empire. It's like thirty five bucks. Perfect Dark, uh, 2.5 million copies, $39. So Perfect Dark is interesting because it has that core of people who will swear up and down that it's 100% strictly better than GoldenEye. It probably doesn't have as much of a fan base as GoldenEye, but uh, no, the price has It doesn't been, have the license appeal. Like, it, it, James uh, yeah, Bond I don't even, has greater appeal. I don't appeal. even think about that. That like, doesn't even register in my brain. But yeah, James Bond, uh, it's not a James Bond game. The price of Complete and Box Perfect Dark has been suppressed for so long. So long. Because Forever new old cheap. stock copies are readily available. They used to be like 60 bucks. I don't know what they are now. 90, 100, uh, maybe a little more. Uh, but there's a lot of new old stock. And that's like weird because it's a super popular game. But the Complete and Box price can't approach the new price. Or you would just buy a new copy of Perfect Dark. So that's just kind of an interesting case where the price will probably never be one of these crazy outliers. Mario Tennis, uh, 2 million copies is 50 bucks. Uh, the, I think the first Mario Tennis was on Game Boy Color, so that's not even a, a first appearance, Johnny. Nope. Rogue Squadron, 2.2 million copies, 35 bucks. Uh, 1080 Snowboarding, 2 million copies, 30 bucks. And Excite by 64, 2 million copies, 30 bucks. All these kind of $30 games that are sold a lot, but they're not the big flashy Nintendo franchises. They're the nope. sad, less flashy Nintendo franchises like 1080 Snowboarding, which is a fine game. Johnny, it's you a put a... Game. What were you saying? I just put... I said, uh, no, they aren't... Uh, they're not flashy. Okay. you we uh, So those are NES, SNES, and N64, the top-selling games for each. I will say... That we already kind of went over. I think the N64 prices in general are the most surprising thing, that they are so much higher than, like, NES. Like, Ocarina of Time is way more expensive than the average Legend of Zelda. Like, not your first print, like, whatever, hoo-ha, Legend of Zelda, but, like, Ocarina of Time is more expensive than The Legend of Zelda. And uh, what's a, another good example? I don't know. Like, Banjo-Kazooie is more expensive than DuckTales. Like, people want N64 games more than NES games. And I was an adamant believer five years ago, probably, that there wouldn't be this shift of nostalgia where, like, people would grow up and, like, kind of age out of NES and Super Nintendo and age into N64 and GameCube. I was always like, no, people aren't that stupid. They're going to recognize N64 is garbage and GameCube is full of multi-platform nonsense, this dumb controller, and they're going to know NES is the most important Nintendo system. Everyone's just going to always keep collecting NES 
And it's just not the case. My opinion has been completely disproven. Uh, the wave of nostalgia is currently riding through uh, N64 and, and GameCube, even though we're not going over GameCube prices. Yeah, I mean, we can... We can just talk real quick. The best selling, the best, the two best selling games on GameCube are um, Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Um, and that's Smash Brothers sold 7.4 million copies, and it's like a $60 game to $70 game. So that, and that's not super high, but that's high ish for GameCube. Um, not in the top 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 because those are usually games that sold a little less harder to find but mario kart you know a game that sold uh 6.9 million copies and had all kinds of different store variants that's an 86 dollar game so uh to a 70 dollar game depending on which version you're buying so those are some notable very common still pretty expensive above msrp games uh from gamecube and then Here's where also notably uh, for GameCube, everything we were talking about before cardboard box games, like way harder to find complete in box, like everything on GameCube is going to be complete by comparison. So it's crazy that these prices are even like in the same realm as the cardboard box games. Yeah. I mean, and those 7.41, like 7.4 million copies, like a good chunk of those should be complete of the 9.3 million Donkey Kong countries that sold a lot less of those are going to be in nice good complete condition well you know most of those will be carts not boxes so something to consider so uh we also did a little quick little run up on game boy and this is where i think uh most common most expensive really lives right here tower do you disagree it is biased because game boy boxes were thrown out more than console boxes but true yes if you're looking for the numerically most common game with the highest price game boy is going to be it yeah, so your Pokemon Yellow is a like a two hundred and thirty dollar game, and if you saw that Heritage Auction one closed like for some insane price, um, there's like almost fifteen million Pokemon Yellows out there, so not hard to get. Now here's where it gets crazier: Pokemon Red two hundred and forty dollars, and Pokemon Blue two hundred and five dollars, and they like combine these as like one thing for some reason, even though they're unique titles. But thirty one million copies. Of that combination sold. So, you know, it, it gets pricey. I don't think we can overstate <laughs> 31 million copies, like one of the best selling games ever, period, bar none across anything. And it's still selling for o- over $200 easy for a nice completing box. Yeah. And even the carts on those aren't cheap. So they're still expensive. Right, we we haven't been looking up car prices, system. but Pokemon is such a thing right now. I got to look up what a Pokemon Red is. God, I look up Pokemon Red and there's a uh, there's a card set called Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. And it brought up every single card from that set on price charting. Uh, JJ, if you're listening, take now. all this garbage off your website. He's not listening. He doesn't care. Yeah, but Pokemon Red is like twenty seven dollars. Um, and it's always been like a twenty. But that game. price is like that price is probably skewed wrong due to all the fakes because there's so mm. many fakes of these games. Maybe, maybe. So like, it's always I'm kind seeing... of been like a, a twenty, fifteen, twenty dollar game, and now it's just got like a slight trend upward, and that makes sense to me just because I mean, like Johnny, there's a lot of Pokemon games, including fakes. That, I know. But... 
Yeah, there there is a tremendous amount of them. But yeah, like uh, expect to pay at least thirty dollars for a cart. But like Game Boy carts aren't that expensive uh, holistically, right? There's so many of them. You know, if the average cart is around eighteen dollars on Game Boy, and these are averaging around thirty dollars, so it's like almost double the average. So, or you know, one third higher than the average, thirty three percent higher. Anyways, um. That's that's a, a very significant jump. Also, very common and uh, not that expensive relatively, but this is like the interesting ones that Tyler would look at. $46 for a complete Super Mario Land, depending on the print, uh, but there was 18 million of them. That's no slouch. Like, everybody, if you had a Game Boy, you had Super Mario Land. Super Mario Land 2 is more expensive, around $75, but there was 11.1 million of those sold. So with that many sold and that price, that's still very, that's still pretty high. So it's it's pretty high. Like the the only good thing about those these Game Boy games that sold like ridiculous numbers is that it's really easy to find the Mario Land games complete. So yeah, that's what you get out of that. Also, um, just going back to Pokemon for a second, Pokemon Red sells for thirty five dollars more than Pokemon Blue. And I thought, in my brain, I just always thought that people thought the same as me. The original two Pokemon games were green and red in Japan, and then blue was the one that came afterwards. Uh, so I always thought, like, oh, people give more respect to red because it's, it, you know, it came out at the same time in America, but it technically, it feels more original. But no, it's just because f***ing Charizard is on the cover, and people are obsessed with Charizard. That's the only reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the world we live in. It's a world Woo. of Charizards, Johnny. People love a Charizard. You know, Charizard is a Pokemon I knew before I knew anything about Pokemon. Charizard has always been, as the kids say, fire. Shut up, Johnny. Uh, Can I not say that? Is that not all right? No, you're right. right. Shut up, Johnny. This that You're making more dollars than cents. What was it? I'm... Getting a little tired, Johnny. Okay, you're getting punchy. Let's wrap it up. I wanted to bring up two more Pokemon games. Ruby and Sapphire are like $200. I don't have the list up. I think those are the best-selling GBA games, and they're $200. And this is... So... I I, I don't have, like, uh, boxes in front of me. I'm not looking at eBay or anything. The Pokemon craze happened, you know, 1999, 2000 where everyone knew that Pokemon was the coolest thing ever. So even if people were like throwing out their GBA boxes and things, I would think that more people would keep their Pokemon GBA boxes just because they know Pokemon is the coolest thing ever. And, you know, this stuff's going to be worth something one day. Also, also, Pokemon is a game that encourages you to collect things. So maybe you'd want to keep your Pokemon box and put it next to your Pokemon McDonald's toys and all your other Pokemon doodads. No. Most common GBA games on planet Earth, and they're still $200. And uh, the other weird thing, Pokemon Emerald is $262, and it's the third most common GBA game. Uh, I thought Pokemon Emerald was, like, not rare, but, like, I thought it was, like, oh, this is a, a somewhat shorter-printed Pokemon game. It's the third most common GBA game on planet Earth. Uh, bananas to me. Uh, more, It costs more than red and blue! Someone explain Pokemon Emerald to me. 
I don't need it. Expl- I, never mind. That Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver are my favorite games, and those sell for astronomical prices. It's just because that's you know whatever generation that played the GBA Pokemon games, that's the one they play. All right. Anyway, uh, what's the winner, Johnny? What is uh, uh, out of these games that we looked at? What is the most common, most expensive game outside of the Pokemon games? No, just pick a game. Uh, Pokemon Yellow. Yellow. Only because it has a definitive, like, it's not combined with Red Ooh. and Blue. No, I mean, like, Pokemon Red, even if you split the ones, if you split the 31 million down the middle, Pokemon Red is still more expensive. Or it still has slightly... Shut up, Tyler. Yeah, it's 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 probably Pokemon Red. Um, yeah, it's Or probably. you can say Pokemon I mean, it's, it's all in there. Like, I just don't know. Like, 14.6 million versus 31.3 divided by 2, so it's like 15.5 but I don't know if more was skewed towards red, right? So I don't... It's probably red because of Charizard, but if not, it's it's yellow. Johnny, I just wanted for comparison to look up Pokemon Heart Gold, and I typed in the price charting, and there's a TCG set called Pokemon Heart Gold, and it brings up is. every card. Well, look, it's a video game site. No one's probably going to look up Pokemon stuff there, so don't worry about it. Uh, uh, you know, Chrono Trigger is also one that was like... The game is expensive, it did only sell 2 million copies, so it's on the lower end of an astronomical amount of games sold, but $500 is $500. I think that's the most expensive game we have listed here, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I think, like, uh, Chrono Trigger, like, Chrono Trigger is clearly not as common as the Pokemon GBA games, like, even complete in box, uh, Pokemon GBA, uh, Pokemon Game Boy games, red and blue, and yellow. There's a million of them out there, even if they're being bought up more than they've ever been bought up in the past, whatever, four months, you know, those will come back to market. There's always more out there because everyone had these games. Everyone hoarded them. And I think Chrono Trigger, despite being rarer, it is still common and still an astronomically high price for what it is. But also $500 is a lot of money. An excellent game for a game. It's yeah. It's one of the definitive Super Nintendo games, definitive RPG. Some people would argue the best on the system. You know, like people argue that in Final Fantasy three and I'm, you know, I, I can see arguments for both. Uh, my favorite RPG there is Final Fantasy two because I like the story better, but Chrono Trigger has an excellent story and it's got replayability there. It, it's hard to argue against. Yeah. And I realize we've said to death, uh, the heritage auction people, not maybe the most knowledgeable or, uh, I don't know, but there's a, a Chrono Trigger sold for $40,000, something like that. Like multiple copies have sold for ridiculous sums like that, I think. But you'll notice that whenever we're talking about the ridiculous games, it's Super Mario Brothers, Mario 3, Donkey Kong, like all these like super core Nintendo franchises. And Chrono Trigger is selling among those games. And that is a Squaresoft game. So there's a lot of uh, respect for Chrono Trigger from whoever has a lot, a lot of money. Because it's... Uh, great game anyway so our, our our conclusion based on completely subjective no criteria analysis is that pokemon red and chrono trigger and maybe pokemon yellow and probably every pokemon game are the most common most expensive games woo but everything we listed here uh, you know is kind of a runner for that so well i mean we listed Anyways, everything we listed tetris because yeah. we just listed the best-selling games well i mean we listed that but that one wasn't expensive you should own a complete copy of tetris if you don't 
Um, so either it's the most common, most expensive, or you should own it. But also, if it's the most common, most expensive, it's because it's an awesome game. So basically, every game we just listed, you should own. I mean, if if I was a collector only collecting good stuff, there's not too many things I would strike from this list. And if you Pokemon were looking Stadium for a thing, two, you are struck. Yeah, hundred sixty six dollars. Well, no, <laughs> but things like Tetris that you know are nineteen dollars. You should have a nice copy of Tetris. Go spend thirty dollars to get a nice copy of Tetris. What are you guys doing? Okay, Tyler, mm. anything else to add on this? No. This how long have we been recording this for? It's like two hours. Two hours just listing yeah. prices and and sales yeah, figures. I hope anyone listens to this episode, Johnny. Me too. Uh, but we do these kind of episodes once in a while, and people will forgive us for uh, throwing numbers at them insanely. I hope it was easy enough to follow along. That's what I hope. Now let's uh, tell the people what you bought this this round. What'd you buy? Uh, Johnny, I did not prepare. Let me check my eBay uh, history real quick. Let's see. Okay. Oh, you go. <laughs> I'm like, I'll go uh, while you look that up. I bought some GBA games. I bought, uh, if you don't know, Coffee with Mr. Saturn um, on Instagram. You know, he always has like little stockpiles of GBA games and other random bits he finds. And uh, I bought some stuff from him and some of the weird stuff I've been showing off lately, including that Toy Story 2 and, uh, you know, Strawberry Shortcake. Those are games I got from him. So uh, that's I, I got GBA stuff. Like one of the expensive BattleBots games, the stupid MLB game that is expensive. And uh, I've been buying, you know, Star Wars stuff. So I, I'm I'm waiting for the inflection point where Star Wars becomes popular enough, and you would think it would already be there that people would pay more attention to the games as collectibles. Uh, I think for a long time they like sat in this like, oh, they're movie games, so they're bad. But like the Star Wars Super Nintendo games were pretty good, and there's a lot of pretty good Star Wars games. Uh, N64 has a bunch, uh, weirdly uh, on, on that system. So, and they they are. Very good sellers, but they're usually not very expensive. And it might just because they are so dirt common. Uh, Probably because they're so dirt common and they don't have the cachet of the other dirt common games, which are like Nintendo and Rareware games. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that crossover appeal to finally happen where, like, I, I guess they're just so common anyone can get them. But yeah, I'm just, you know, Star the Wars crossover games appeal with pretty who, cheap. Though? Star Wars collectors. There's a lot of Star Wars collectors. Are there a lot of Star Wars collectors? Yes. Are there more Star Wars collectors than game collectors? I don't know. Who knows? How is how weird is it that that one franchise can rival an entire medium? <laughs> like we don't even know. Well, I mean, I, I, I you know, know what? I bet true, there's more but... Star Wars collecting podcasts than video game collecting podcasts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there. I bet they don't have their one website shut down, and everyone like scrambles and like, oh, we're in a bunch of Facebook groups over here, and we have one website. Well, I mean, and you can. It's a lot easier to collect Star Wars figures, like to get in the door, right? Because you can go start in the Black Series and spend like ten, twenty dollars a figure, and be like in the thick of what people are hot for right now. Which is not like, you can't just, I mean, I guess you can do that with card-only stuff, but you know you can't just go back to Nintendo and be like, let's let's go pick up a complete box Super Mario Brothers for 20 bucks. You can get a Mario Duck Hunt, though. Sure can. Uh, Unless Chris buys them all. He just Beware of CWR2. Mario Duck Hunt out of his 
500 copies. He's got one where the seal of quality is printed like like Ooh. half a centimeter off. It's like, oh, well, it is technically a misprint. It's kind of cool. You guys and, uh, just wait. Just wait. I'm going to I'm just telling people I'm going to I think I'll do just like because no one cares about Star Wars. I'll just make it like a special episode only for Patreon members where I like do a deep dive on stupid Star Wars games, do like 15, 20 minutes talking about all the ass nine variants of Star Wars games. And I'll do an addendum with PC variants. Please I don't even do. know that they exist. I'm going to have to do so much research, Johnny. Of that research. And no PC one's going to care. Game sounds like the, the worst. Uh, Why don't we just go on with uh, what you've been playing, Johnny? Uh, what have I been playing? Well, I, I did play through Jedi Fallen Order again. Huh. Um, what else? Uh, oh, I started playing just because I've been on a Star Wars kick. Um, since I'm researching, I started playing the campaign for Battlefront Two because I'd never played that. And that game is Which Battlefront Two, the first, the second Battlefront Two. Yeah, the Xbox One, PS4 era one. Okay. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of games called Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, yeah, this one. I came, I like it, but it is buggy. I can't tell you how many times to like hit restart because my character is like embedded in the terrain and I can't move. I'm just like, really? Like, I had a really awesome one where you start out as Han Solo and you like go to walk and then he just starts floating into space. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? <laughs> And modern video die. games are happening. It just keeps going. I'm, just, but like it isn't new. But I also know that the Battlefront servers like recently moved so or bought or shifted or and things have been going crazy since. But I'm playing the campaign. I did, this shouldn't affect that. Anyways, I guess people don't care about campaign on those kinds of games. But it's not like I want to go like try and jump into you know online play for Battlefront two. I'm like I don't know what I'm doing. Let's let's go just die a bunch learn how to play you could just play the campaign and then shut it off and never play it online that's probably what i'm gonna do oh all right yeah anyways what what did you buy uh not a lot johnny um i did get what is it it, it translates to the crime abbey it's uh la abadia del crimen it is a uh, it's a set of stamps based on like an Amstrad CPC game in Spain or something. And you put your finger over the stamps and it unveiled unveils doors and they all look like these cute little 8-bit dudes. Uh, okay, I think on. they're the cutest 8-bits. They're the coolest video game stamps that have ever been made, Johnny. Did but. you f***ing rewind to the start of 2020 <laughs> and start on stamps again? What <laughs> no, did you do? No. Are you in some loop? I... No. So this is... Uh, That's what you did in 2020. No. <laughs> you keep bringing up stamps. Um, I'm sending out my, my wedding thank yous. We had to put stamps on them. It had me thinking about stamps. It made me go get stamps to put on the cards. And then I went and looked at my collection of video game stamps. And I realized that I, I have a favorite video game stamp based on all the research I did. But I never actually went and bought it. And stamps are worthless. Like Stamps are basically worth face value. So I went and I spent $10 on a sheet of my favorite video game stamps. Some obscure Spanish computer game I've never heard of, but it looks super cool because they're like the only stamps that actually look like pixel art. I will tell you, I have Star Wars stamps. They are worth Uh, nothing. What I actually bought, um, another thing you will equally not care about, uh, Wizardry, the fourth scenario, the return of Wordna for the Apple II. Um, 
just to add to my wizardry collection. A, a game notable because on Wikipedia, the difficulty section is the longest section out of gameplay, reception, and whatever other sections there are. Because the game is extremely difficult, apparently, because it was made by an asshole. Um, excellent, I say. Uh, and then I bought the Ninja Gaiden computer game. I didn't nice. expect to win it, but I threw in a bid and I ended up winning it for like 40 bucks, which Congrats. seems that seems reasonable. Uh, yeah, it's the beat em up, though, so I'll never play it. Also, I'm never going to play it regardless. <laughs> but that's really it. I wasn't uh, wasn't really buying much. I'm playing Wasteland 3, which I think I already talked about. And uh, RuneScape, which definitely doesn't oh, need boy. to be talked about. Click, click, click. RuneScape. Yep. Played it. <laughs> yep. If you play Cookie Clicker, you want to do that for 2,000 hours? That's 7,000 hours to max, I think. So, 7,000 hours. Ooh, get there. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Do we have anything else to say? No. If, uh, if you guys haven't already, go check out. The Patreon is live. So, if you want to throw money at us uh, for, for doing this, one, thank you. Uh, two, don't, like, we're, we're still going to do this, but if you want to if you want to want to, people have asked, you know, I'm not, I'm a horrible uh, salesman for this thing. I'm like, eh, I guess you don't have to. Uh, if you would like to donate though, uh, we're not doing too much extra. We do get you over on the Patreon uh, for any amount of donation. We start at $2 and it goes to six. Don't, it's like a monthly thing. Don't go more than that six. If you already paid more than that, like we love you for the idea of that, but just, Dial your thing back to six. Don't don't go over that. We don't like. I don't want this to like. Don't donate if you can't. Uh, only if you have extra, or if you feel like we save you a dollar, two dollars a month, or six dollars a month uh, with the knowledge we give you, or like you're getting that much in deals better, and you feel like we're worth it, then then please go over to that, and that's uh, Patreon.com/slash Collectors Quest, uh, and find us and uh, pick a level. Like I said, you'll get access to the Patreon. The uh, Patreon has a couple different levels. You know, everyone uh, are that it'll give you access. I keep saying to the Patreon to our Discord, and that has a couple of different levels. The basic level you get in there, and we would love to chat with you there. Has access for us. The better thing though is if you're don't not the better, but if you're donating a little more, whenever we do like a special secret stupid episode or after Collector's Quest after dark or you know pre-show talks. When we lay that kind of stuff down so it isn't in our normal feed, we'll put it in a special link on where you can find it there for people who are donating at, I think, the $4 level and above. And you'll get, like, special titles for whatever you're donating at. But, yeah, go check that out. Pick a level. Uh, it's the best way to interact with us. We have the Facebook stuff, but really, Facebook is the worst. Instagram is fine, but Facebook is the absolute worst, even if Instagram and that Facebook are owned by the same people. I would much rather talk to you on our Discord server than uh, Facebook. So I, I don't check if, the Facebook thing, so you're basically talking to Johnny. Send uh, me a message and, on Instagram if you want to talk to me. Yes, that that is 100% true. Like, I'm really bad about checking the Facebook thing. Like, really, I use Facebook to post pictures of my son for family members that I don't see very often, and I try to avoid it because of all the politics and all the other crazy stuff that happens on Facebook. And I know Tyler is, is younger. So he's like Facebook that's for old people like Johnny. Um, so that's why he's not there, but the discord, 
we could talk on. So uh, we already have uh, we have one member who came in hot and uh, early who I still owe buttons to. I have not forgot. I have them in an envelope. I just got to get to a post office for you. But uh, yeah, uh, it's Richard there's, there's Head no, Johnny. You got to shout out the the patrons yes, because they like hearing their please. names. Well, I was going to get his Instagram name before I did, but his, like, I didn't know if he wanted me to shout out his actual name. What? But uh, That's his video game sage name. I don't know his Instagram name. Damn it, oh, Johnny. Oh, is that his name on vid- video game sage name? I don't know. I, I know his name, so I know he didn't just show up in Discord and pick a random name. His name is not Richard Head, unless it is. He's so thrilled that he's getting his name shouted out like four times. Anyway. Uh, obviously we do this as a hobby. This is like, don't donate to us. It's not gonna, I mean, you could donate to us, but it's, it's, uh, we're not gonna gate shows behind uh Patreon or anything. Johnny has been paying for this show out of his pocket for like five years. Like he pays like monthly for SoundCloud premium and we get like absolutely nothing from this show. Like, and I spend all this time editing it just cause I love collector's quest. So, uh, yeah. And I can, we're, we're just trying to I pay can for just tell this. you. Yeah, I can tell you where the money will go. One, it will like uh, start to flatten out the cost that I that I pay, and then eventually we'll dump some of that into the Discord server. And also, I would like to pay Tyler a little bit for his time because really, anyone who has to edit two and a half hour shows every single time and does it uh, mostly without complaining, and I can't blame him or and I hold nothing against him for any of his complaints, but he does it and he does it lovingly uh, because he loves the show and he. He believes in it. So uh, again, thank you, Tyler, always for that. So we're not like, there's not, we're not like making a bunch of money. We're not here. This We're not like trying to quit our jobs or anything, but if you can afford to, uh, and only if then, then, and you want to then then please do. And then where the money, any excess will start to go, will be, uh, improvements. If we, if someone's equipment fails and like, that'll be a thing we like start talking about or better soundboards, better stuff for Tyler to make his life easier. And then, uh, then it would be about getting us, making sure we can get to conventions to see the people and, you know, say hi to you guys and uh, have more access and then maybe do panels and, and things like that. Stefan is like a big wig and he's like floating around with all of his art and stuff. But Tyler and I are just little guys. And no one cares about bringing us places. So we Johnny's we in the trading ourselves. room. You could buy some Sega Genesis games <laughs> from him. <laughs> yeah, see, that's how low we, we roll. Uh, we're in a trading room. You know the convention's happening over here? Well, if you go out the hall and around the corner, you can find Collector's Quest. Yeehaw! Um, yeah. Anyways, that's what, uh, that's what your Patreon dollars will get. I didn't want to promise, like, a bunch of extra shows or, like, special things we're going to mail you out. Of course, I will love and try to do some of that stuff, but I don't want to make promises we can't keep and then... That was always like one of my things. I we can't deliver more show. What are we going to deliver? So people have asked for access to things that we aren't normally we keep hidden, but aren't the show. That's the kind of stuff. If we do some special dumb episodes, like I said, if I want to talk about Star Wars for twenty minutes, wouldn't be an episode I would normally air, except for back in you know two thousand fifteen when this show started mm-hmm. and did very poorly. Uh, now I'll like throw it up there for you guys to listen to. That that's the kind of stuff we'll do. Um, and keep the podcast episode guide a, a little bit cleaner just to hopefully just to numbered episodes. All right. Yeah, so that's Johnny, it. That's I, have, all uh, I have a special update here. Um, okay. That special update will preempt a thousand emails. It is uh Chrono trigger. We said that it sold obviously more in Japan. It sold a ton more in Japan is what we should have said. Uh, Chrono Trigger sold 289,000 copies in United States, which is 
an Not order bad. of magnitude less. It is a lot less than uh, any of the other games on our list. So while it is the most expensive game, it is technically not on the same level as something like Pokemon Red. So I think Pokemon Red or maybe Pokemon Yellow is the clear winner of this episode. Okay, fair enough. And I will just, I want to get back to our our Patreon, our first Patreon, our very firstest. We should probably give him like a special title, like first or something. Special color to his name on the Discord server. But it is Doug underscore Mackenzius. So I will tell you that that is not Richard Head. Wait, Though what? that's what his name, yeah, I don't, his his name is Richard, but I'm not going to say his last name, but like, there we go. Wait, are Doug Mackenzius and Richard Head the same person? Yeah. You are blowing my mind. No one cares yeah. about this, Johnny. We got people who listen to this show who just want to hear about video games. I know, but I'm. It's, we're telling him thank you for like being very aggressively first. I I thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> but for I didn't even know there. the Patreon was launched, and we already had a patron. Who knows? Well, like, cause he, the only reason he uh, became first because I owed him some buttons from a while ago, and I couldn't remember who I did, and I mentioned it on the show once. Then he contacted me, and then he was like, "Get that Patreon live," and it was like right after I had launched it, you know, but we hadn't officially announced it. And I'm like, "Yeah, it's live." But I didn't give him a link or anything. He just went and found it and was like, boom, done. He was first. I was like, oh, holy shit. What? <laughs> I was like, I wasn't even ready for this. We weren't. There's no one to talk to. I'm not even really in the Discord yet because I wasn't, hadn't done an announcement. So uh, anyways, that's it. I'll probably do an announcement. You probably are now hearing this for the second time because I'll probably do like an official Patreon announcement in the intro to this show uh, before it goes up. Anyways, and you'll probably see me posting on Instagram and Tyler as well before you hear this but that's all irrelevant because that's the past and this is now the future all right tyler where can we find you buying a, a copy of kid icarus on ebay because it's an underrated gem i mean uh video game sage and instagram and i guess youtube i'm default gen default g-e-n and on discord we can also find you oh and on discord yeah with our Ooh. fancy new logo yeah Ooh. we got new logos Woo. Hey, Ada, thank you very much for doing that. I hope you hear this while editing. And then um, you can find me at Johnny underscore Ayuchi, and you can find me on the Collector's Quest Discord uh, by invite only. Sorry, guys. So if you are a Patreon, you will find me there. And uh, I'll be under host, and I think our our text is in purple. So that's it. All right. That's it for the show. Thanks so much for listening to all this uh, rambling that we did this episode. We appreciate it. And if you're donating and want to be a member, thank you for that as well for joining us on Patreon. All right, everybody. Bye. All right. I'm going to bed. God damn it.